episode number three, one, eight, three, 18. Let's go. Uh, light them up and they're off. Uh, welcome to Cleveland Moto Podcast 318. Uh, I've got uh, I've got a delicious, uh, I, I, well, I had a shit ton of bourbon with uh, a little bit of Cointreau and a little bit of orange juice in it, and I got to replenish pretty friggin' soon. Romke's pouring a fresh fathead something or other. Nick Chino just, just disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> It looks hey, like Jimmy. It, there he goes. It looks like, uh, it looks like the Mecklefresh garage is fully loaded with beers and liquors. Great Lakes Brewing Company. Dortmunder. Chris has got a stein bigger than his fucking head. <laughs> it doesn't say too much. What's Oscar drinking? What you got there? Water. Water. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna do a cocktail, but I just got lazy and you have a glass. The uh it is definitely so. Just so people who are podcast listeners, give me a second. Know, Maybe, um, I'll just take a haul out of the bottle every once in a while. I don't know. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! What's going on here? Whoa! That, well, again, the podcast has been hijacked uh, yet again. Again. Yep. Last time it was dicks in people's mouths. Now it's <laughs> Auntie Liza. <laughs> hey, look at that! Hey, oh, let me get my camera. Right. How y'all doing? We're doing good. Hey, Liza. Good. So uh, we literally just lit the candle, Liza. I'm so glad you popped in right now. <laughs> I mean, you, you missed our glorious opening. Oh, man. Well, some of us' openings are more glorious than others. Yeah. Well, hey, I'm just glad to be here. The thing that I love about this show is... Yes. <laughs> and good job. I can eat on your show. Yes, you can eat all you want. That's but, it, right? No, that doesn't bother anybody. That's Nobody, what I love about this. Yeah, nobody gets angry about it, even a little bit. You're totally <laughs> safe, man. <laughs> Feel free. Get weird. Yeah. Send, send your complaints to Phil at clevelandmoto.com. <laughs> that, that's exactly it. If you, if you do have a complaint, as John McElfresh likes to say, we care more about your complaints. And we do about your uh, your worshiping us. All John wants is to be beaten. J John is a sub of the highest order. He wants to have somebody crack the whip on him and tell him how useless he is. Hey, Liza, as the tech dude that has to compress this later, can you drop 10%? I live for negative feedback. Oh, God, and John, too. <laughs> I think it's going to be loud enough if you just talk normally. Yeah, dude, is it, please. Is this too low? No, that's, that's good. Hot. That's good, Liza. Maybe just a tiny smidge lower. Hold on, hold on. Of course, Liza's coming in at like 12. I'm afraid to even talk because it's like a three second delay. Check, check, one, two, three, check. How's, how do I sound? Is it still too hot? You're good. I'm good. Actually, that sounds pretty good, Liza. You know, hey, Phil, you want to have some fun? Yes, I, I, I have to say what I have to say like three seconds ahead of time. <laughs> Perfect timing. Perfect when you timing. think about saying it, it's too late. <laughs> what? It's too late. Why, are, why don't we just send each other's hate mail to each other? I agree. That would be a really good idea. If you That's could, the way to really enjoy it. Right. If you could read our angry emails and yes. we'll read your angry emails, it'd be perfect. <laughs> we don't have enough time in one podcast. 
for that. <laughs> so uh, just to bring everybody up to speed here for episode 318. So uh, with us, we, of course, to my to my computer's right and your computer's audio left is going to be Liza Miller from Motorcycles and Misfits. Yeah, hey, hey there. That's right. John, point to them all. That's right. And then so uh, Steve, say hi. And hi. There you go. Oh, which, which Steve? <laughs> we'll take what we get. We're not picky. <laughs> I usually just call Steve sleepy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So sleepy's just sleepy. It, it, it avoids all the confusion. Dan, say hi. All right. And uh, Nick. Hello. There you go. Nick with a festival of CT90s behind him. <laughs> and uh, and then Chris is up there with his anus. I mean, Janus. Janus. <laughs> hi, guys. And then, of course, uh, our token Mexican Oscar. <laughs> so yeah so i mean this is podcast 318 liza we wanted to have you on for a couple of reasons one um these guys all built motorcycles last week i know that was so exciting out of the crate that was uh, cool so overall like uh, who thought that was going to be easier than it was Says all these guys who took an hour to build a 20 minute bike. <laughs> I was hurting for three days, like nonstop, like back pains, like muscles that I haven't used in decades. I like, I like how everybody was sweating like pigs. Like everybody's shirt was soaked. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a casual, like, Hey, let's hang out and build bikes. <laughs> it was like, it was 50 degrees too hot in there. <laughs> it, was six, it was 64 degrees well like i said it was 50 degrees over the temperature i'm normally living at okay so the cleanup crew would like to report that there were at least one broken bottle there oh. were three identified spills of some un mystery liquid <laughs> and it's on camera so i can't deny it there were shot glasses everywhere and we've we have been finding nuts and bolts and screws for four days what did you find fight? the mystery not from sleepy that yeah. he claims they didn't came with because that's bullshit if you find it no his, ti his timer's still running yeah i'm telling you when i pulled the when i pulled the number plate it was wrapped in uh, it up. Yeah, wait hold on here we go oh i don't care i'm just heavily for that nut, and i had to go find it <laughs> And you for the right. record, the winner is never allowed to bitch. I'm not bitching. I'm saying. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. I would still rather ride Nick bike. Nick's bike. <laughs> <laughs> I want to ride. Backwards. I was ready to just drink. <laughs> so, uh, Liza, if you um, do, you think that would be a, a, a suitable challenge for your misfits? Well, I mean, if we don't let Emma compete. Oh well, again. or or should we tie one hand behind her back and blindfold her and make her take a half a bottle of gin? <laughs> then maybe, maybe she would only beat us by like an hour. I'm just saying. <laughs> Steve Hoffert showed up half drunk. Yeah, no, he's like, he's three quarters drunk. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then and then finished up the other quarter in the first fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anybody drink like their life depended on it. In a competition. In a competition. I like, we got the text at 2.30, like, hey, we pre-gaming? 
<laughs> no. we, kept getting, we kept getting locations on the text feed that were just like, I'm at this bar pre-gaming and I'm at that bar pre-gaming and I'm at this bar pre-gaming. And then he showed up with a $100 bottle of tequila and proceeded <laughs> to try to make that shit go away. <laughs> I did make it go away. Yeah, I There's still a little bit left, isn't there? There's a spit left in it. Yeah. Well, you know, the, those are my favorite shows, the ones where that uh, Steve doesn't remember. Yes, <laughs> totally off the fucking rails. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, and this is kind of a big deal, is uh, you'll notice my background. I spoke with the folks at AMA Vintage Motorcycle uh, at AMA today. And so according to the folks at AMA, they're not guaranteeing that it's going to be on, but it's not off unless the governor says it's off. Now, this is an important thing because the governor went on the on the, the TV and the governor said, if we can get down to 50 cases per 100,000 and carry that for two weeks, he's going to open the whole state up again. And there won't be any restrictions on anything. It'll be like Texas or um, Mississippi, <laughs> right? Texas. Uh, madness, insanity, chaos, um, up to you. But in any case, right now, the, the, the vibe that I got in speaking to the uh, folks at the AMA was that like, look, we're going to move forward like this is all going to happen. So you will notice that if you look at the AMA schedule, they do have the vintage motorcycle racing scheduled for July 23rd, 4th and 5th. It's wow. on. Okay. Now there has not been a definitive statement about the swap meet yet, because that's a slippery slope. If the governor is still saying that due to numbers, we're not, you know, doing that, but I do feel like this is one of those things that it's like, do you proceed as though it's going to happen and then be shocked if it doesn't? Because right now in the city of Cleveland, where we have the highest concentration of cases, we are at about 250 cases per 100,000. Okay. Now, as an average in the state of Ohio, I don't have that number at my fingertips right now, but you know, getting down to that 50 cases per 100,000, I'm, I'm very much concerned. I'm very curious, and that's why I wanted to get Liza on here, too, because Liza has firsthand experience with AMA Vintage Days. So she's been there. She knows how it works. She's, she, look, we all know, everybody that's in this room right now, we've all done it. And could you do it? Could you survive the weekend, do you think, and do it safely, you know? And that's a challenge. That's the really big question I had to ask is let's put on our reality pants, not a fantasy world where we're going to say we're going to go to rock concerts and movies and TV, you know, and, and whatever. Mid-Ohio, a very specific set of circumstances. Certain things I think will have to be different. Some things will be the same. So... Uh, we'll start with Liza because she's our guest. Liza, what do you think about that? How would you feel? So I know that last year I really wanted to go, but then I thought to myself, um, I don't want to go to an event with other people who are willing to go to an event right now. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing. And you can look at the other events that have been going on, like Sturgis or Daytona Bike Week. And it seems to me the 
concerts and the bars and the the inside stuff is what's sketchy. I think the only time at AMA uh, Vintage Days that I'm in, been in close proximity to someone is either when you're drunk tackling them or the wall of death. You know what I mean? It's like you're outside everywhere except for like they move the seminars to the tents, but they can take the sides off. Um, and they can, I mean, everything else was open and intense and of all the events, it seems like the most capable of being safe. I mean, we don't get on buses. We get on our bikes <laughs> to transport. If you can't socially distance in 1,300 square acres, you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you've got all the room in the world. I think it's going to matter a little bit about the the level of vaccine, too. Like, how many people are they estimating that 50% of Ohio has been vaccinated by then? And, like, at that point, you're really cutting the risk down quite a bit, too. You know, like, if you're smart and 50% of the people are vaccinated, that's a, that's a much better odds than, like, trying to go last year or something. You know, like, once John Mecklefresh is vaccinated, you guys are in big fucking trouble. And because- you have to think about, too, that, I mean, the risks we've taken past events yeah the the mutual pickle jar yep. right the the mud pits and the porta potty that's overflowing i mean if we, I have we should use this mic from those yeah. <laughs> well and naked gym so like <laughs> naked thing, like if naked gym is unleashed at mid-ohio <laughs> yeah. covid contagious then half of mid-ohio has the disease you know uh but there's I I do feel, I mean, I know that I'm going to be super aggressive about it. Dr. Waters has already had her shot um, and is standing by for her second shot. I'm going to be getting my shot as soon as humanly fucking possible. And I, I know that everybody in this podcast is in the same boat, you know, just in the interest of let's play games again, you know. I, and I think to sum it up, because I've been somewhat... Um, uh, I'm not going to say preachy, but um, I don't think that there should have been certain events happening last year, but they had them anyway. And I think that, you know, people got sick because of it. So I'm one who's like super, you know, careful, don't want to put anyone at risk. But to me, this is an event that you can have best of both worlds. You can have an event, have fun. And I think also make it safe easily. Yeah. I do too. And I think that there's the, the only thing that was coming to my mind. Do you remember when we were doing the seminars up in the tower? Yeah. So when we were doing the seminars up in the tower, that would have been sketchy that, that we were right on top of each other. It was tight and we were all in there to worship the air conditioning kind of thing. And that was really close, close quarters. And that you, if if there was one person sick in there, everybody could have gotten it. But I do think that the seminar tent, the way that they had it set up last year or previous years, um, the seminar tent, you're right. Just open the sides up. Let her go, man. You know, I mean, and just you got to make some changes like, um, hey, Christmas. Sorry, no makeout session this time. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Well, what am I going to (laughs) do? Thank you for remembering, though. (laughs) What an impression I've made. (laughs) Cameron has never come back. (laughs) I broke him. (laughs) Liza broke Cameron. (laughs) The the other thing to think about is... I'd like to hear a lot more more about about that. 
<laughs> we all do. <laughs> but it's 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 a, it's going to be a lot of drinking and a lot of alcohol. One not go, people for three or four two days or three. <laughs> so that that's another thing to consider. That that's it's. <laughs> Yeah, and I know we're going to get drunk, and I know we're going to get stupid, and I know we're going to misbehave. And there's a reason that, you know, they were saying that bars should be closed at 10 o'clock. It's I'm not. Drunk idiots get close to each other. <laughs> and, and, and I, you know, and we are, everybody in this podcast is 100% guilty of that, except for Nick. Nick Nick has cons- Nick has been a consummate gentleman at every event. I'm, I'm, I'm frightened. What's going to happen? <laughs> right, the only thing, the only thing that happens when I'm drinking is I drop bikes. <laughs> I heard, I just heard knuckles before. Does anybody know what this is? What's that? No, don't. It's the don't. minivan. Two in the front and five in the back. <laughs> the front and five in the back is a minivan. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I'll tell you though, if, uh, if I happen to fall into cold water, you know, a cold river or something while I'm there, yeah. you need to warm me up fast. I'm saying just stick Nick in the sleeping bag with me and look at his little <laughs> supple skin. <laughs> it's like he's so soft. Mm. We want him to stare at the podcast, though. <laughs> if I had a nickel for every time I said that. <laughs> the... Um, Nick, this is how quickly you get kicked to the curb yeah. by, yep. by Liza. He was just chosen his favorite in the uh, get naked into sleeping bag with me. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm just looking at all the options going, I want that one. (laughs) After after vintage days, I'm out of (laughs) here. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to pre-break him. Again, that's what happened with Cameron. (laughs) Bring bring another, that one's bum has burst. (laughs) Bring me another. Bring me another young man. <laughs> now, I'll tell you, Phil. Here's the big question: Is I mean, we all want this event to happen. It's something that we look forward to. How do you think it will change? I mean, obviously, I think there's going to be certain amount of people who aren't going to come. You're right. So, are those going to be some of the vendors that we look forward to? You know, yeah. And and how do you think it's going to change the event? What should we expect? Yeah, and that's a that's an excellent point. I think that if we uh, Steve Hofford has already said that if AMA Vintage Days is canceled, he'll be hosting Oberlin Vintage Days, <laughs> Oberlin Vintage Days on his property, which we've been there, right? And we know that yes, you can ride mini bike, you can ride dirt bikes around, you can ride mini bikes around, you can you can't burn down barns though. <laughs> you can try. Don't get started. We've already met all the fire department. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to get there for for eight miles around. Also, yeah, really. Every fire department. We've All already we got six, six pit bikes and two barrels. Right, exactly. We. All you need. I mean, that's right. We have got our contingency plan. So you know, Cleveland Moto has a contingency plan in case AMA Vintage Days doesn't go. Does, you know, if it, if it fails to launch. I thought and we were Liza. You're invited. Yeah, but Thank Steve, you. I thought we were doing Friday night vintage days every week. <laughs> <laughs> Not the worst idea. <laughs> Although we might have to do that on Saturday because I do have to work on 
fr- uh, Saturday. Saturday. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. So we meant to do Saturday night vintage nights. Yes. Um, right. <laughs> because now that we have a, a posse full of, we have an entire grip of pit bikes. Right. So, so we ride we vintage bikes to Oberlin, then pit bike race. Yeah. And exactly. then hopefully go home. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, maybe go home. The, uh, so like that whole thing makes it more interesting, I think, as a whole. The, uh, but yeah, I do agree. I think that the whole concept of AMA Vintage Days, everything that we do there, yes, vendors. Yeah, you're right. There are some vendors that won't be there. There are some vendors that are fucking out of business. They're gone, right? Um, hate to say it. It's true. And there are people that may not want to show up um, if it's going to be less than 100%. The weird thing about Vintage Days, though, is when Vintage Days is at 100%, it's at 180% of the yeah. rest of the world. <laughs> so you could turn it down 80% and it would still be a hundred percent. So I don't, I mean, it's always been kind of a choose your own adventure for me. It's, you know, if the right well, 400 people are there, I don't need the extra 40,000 to make it special. Well, I think you're right about who's going to come because yeah, the looking loose aren't going to show up. That's true. Yeah. That's the hardcore true. people will show up. Right. I know that everybody that I know that does crazy vintage stuff, everybody has not just their shit from last year, but all the shit they've added to their pile. So these guys have to have AMA vintage days because the number of trailers is multiplying in their backyard. So, you know, they, they had one year worth of AMA ready standing by, and now they've got two years worth of AMA swap meet shit. And they got to do something. They got to, you know, it's like that tick who just can't get any more blood in it. It's got to pop. And I know guys who do this for a living and they're like, man, I need to get to a swap meet and sell a bunch of stuff. So it's a big deal. I, I, guarantee, I guarantee you would not see um, those the Japanese trailer of bikes, though, next year. There's no way they'd come out. Do you think during during this pandemic? I don't know. Mm, yeah. yeah, this uh, event is so it. big, though. <clears throat> if there was twenty five percent of the amount of people camping, would we really notice? No, we wouldn't. If there was twenty five percent of the amount of people in the swap meet, would we really notice? I mean, and maybe I'd get to see everything for once, right? Or do you think? What about this? Do you think so? When you're there for four or five days, right? You have probably out of all the people that have been there all those years, I bet you there's only like thirty five percent that are there the whole time. I bet you there's a revolving, a revolving door of like 55% of people coming on one day, you know, one day, the next day, whatever. So I wonder if those people might not decide to go, but the hardcore people that love it, that are there for the week go. And now we have only hardcore people. They're awesome. They're in 25 to 30% capacity. It doesn't sound like a bad gig, you know? Well, that was what I was thinking is like only the most reasonable people won't go. Right. You'll be left with a hard car core. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And everybody will get their own sheriff's deputy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think about the whole whole point of it is two things. One, it's it's a weekend of racing. Yeah. So the racing's still gonna be happening. If anything, we're gonna see more racing. I agree. We usually have so many other things we're doing. Um and then it's a fundraiser for vintage days. Yep. So this is an opportunity for them to come up with more ways to get my money, which I'm more than happy to do if it's yeah. fun, you know. All of my buddies who are racers, they're like, you know, they knew that 
it's the racing schedule has gone on. So the racing schedule has continued. All of my friends who race, it's all it's on, man. I mean, everywhere you race around here, whether it's, you know, Pennsylvania, you know, uh, we call it Beaver Run, but Pittsburgh uh, International Raceway, that's open. Uh, Mid Ohio's open. Nelson's Ledges is open. These places, they're racing every weekend. It hasn't stopped one bit. What stopped has been this, you know, this invitation for there to be spectators, this, mm -hmm. you know, this idea. But I raced for years. I'm going to tell you, if we had 15 people in the stands, we were like, oh, shit, there's 15 people in the stands. It's usually just us and our families, you know, and that's it. You know, that it's not like people are buying a ticket to go watch amateurs race. It doesn't happen. So, yeah, it's a it's a very interesting thing. Your lies is right. There will be fucking racing happening, and for the first time ever, we might get to see some. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see all y'all in the little pit bike races. Yeah, wow. uh, the pit bike races last year were goddamn pro grade. I mean. The, the actual real pit bike braces, that shit went from being a guy with a CT90 with a uh, water bottle on the back. In the back. <laughs> like, when did pit bike racing turn <laughs> into, like, entry-level fucking straight-up motocross? <laughs> last they, were, they were clearing doubles. Like, they yes. were clearing doubles, man. Last, well, not last year, but the year before. Let's just call it what it is. 2019, the pit bike races was fucking intimidating. You know, the guys who were winning those pit bike races, they are people that has stand next to six foot tall trophies for a living. Like <laughs> these are guys who know how to work a bike, not just guys like me that are just like, hold my beer. I'm going to go race for five minutes, you know? Um, so that's where the barrel racing is. The barrel racing is more like, hold my beer. I'm going to go race for five minutes. Uh, so if it is going to happen, it turns out that pit bike racing may in fact be, well, fuck, we got our own class now. It's the SSR 125 class. Exactly. Yep. Exactly my point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what's what's y'all out there. What's up with the uh, the vintage trials? Is that something that just anybody can yes. can try it? Okay. Because so I was I was thinking that'd be fun with the CT90. Oh. Give it a shot. So you, there is a group you're going to have to, you'll join their group, you'll learn more about it, and then you're going to have to get registered for it because you are going to have to have their version of a racing license uh, because it's not just like, oh, guess we're vintage trials racing now. And if you have something you'd like to get out there and some guy shows up with a BMW R100GS and just like, oh, fucking do it, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, you're right. There's, uh, there's no reason that you shouldn't attempt it. Now, they have a trials organization that you're going to have to be a member of and mm -hmm. literally, like any other racing organization, test into. Right. So, and it'll probably also pay into. Yeah, for, oh, right. yeah, for a little bit. Uh, Are you going to take the Veloster or the CT90? Because you seem to like to take your Veloster and do research. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking the, the CT90 with its recent upgrades. Your, your CT90... X. Yeah. <laughs> your, your prototype experimental CT90. The uh, Those trails did not look easy, man. I, I, mm -hmm. uh, the last time I was there with Johnny Mack, we went to walk around the tracks, and they do have like two or three different levels. They're not fucking around. Oh, they're not mm -hmm. fucking around. <laughs> they're one not the first, easy. One of the first things you hit is the rock pile. Yeah, so that's where everybody you see, you know, dabbing. It washes everybody out real quick. But, and, and, you, and you know what's neat is you can really tell that it's rider skill because there'll yeah. be a dude on like a 1963 bike and a dude on a 1981 bike and they're neck and neck. Like, you know, and it's like the braking technology is completely different. Everything's different, but the bikes work. Like, they just work. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Go ahead, Liza. So I got a question for y'all. This may lead to some opportunities. Knowing that there may be certain vendors or maybe speakers that aren't going to come, here's the opportunity to introduce something new. So I want to know from you guys what you think maybe we should see. I'll throw out an idea. Wouldn't it be cool if we had like kind of like an antiques roadshow thing where you could wheel up your bike and somebody would appraise it for you? Yeah, that would be that's cool. a good idea, as opposed to the auction, which can be a bit hit or miss when they do the mid-Ohio auction, the Vintage Days auction. It would be fun to do an appraisal tent or an appraisal thing for a couple of hours and then just like bring it up and let five people that are like legit good. Like we have Joe Veal in the Cleveland area. Joe Veal's an amazing asset when it comes to buying vintage motorcycles and um, he buys and ships all over the world. If he comes up and tells you that your CB750 is worth 1300 bucks, it's hard to argue with him. You know what? That'd be just funny, like waiting on the outside, watching white old white guys pushing their bikes out, being like, I know what it's worth. Yeah, hey, I resemble <laughs> that. I want there to be a, a cane. So when somebody comes up with a puke 107, there's just a cane comes out. No, you don't. Not rust, it's patina. I know what I have. I know what I got. (laughs) So what what things do you think that maybe they should think about adding this year? I think that would be a a really, really good idea since there is a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of momentum right now with let's trying to get more and more people into it and trying to get younger people into it. It wouldn't be the worst idea for them to have, if not a booth, at least a permanent or not permanent, a a space for the young kids, for the high school students, for the middle school students to have a space that's there. I know our friend Brian would probably be thrilled to run it for the Moto Go program so that there could be young kids there that are just literally bring us your sick, your tired, your, your huddled masses of motorcycles. Um, and yeah, we all know Saturday, a lot of shit gets left behind at vintage days. There, um, when, when I was in the RC world, you know, the radio yeah. control world, there's a huge event called Joe Null. <laughs> I have hell's going on there. Man. Getting some ice. But, um, and so, but they had a thing, just kind of like we we're talking about, where um, they would build a giant 50% airplane, okay, yeah. over the course of the week and a half. And if they didn't right. finish it, they would carry it over to the next year. But all the kids got to, they got certain parts and then they got to go and glue the parts in and then sign their name on the parts. Yeah. And then when they finished it, it got raffled off and that money went to all the kids like things. You know what I mean? It was really cool. Oh my God. Can you imagine 45 kids, each kid scrounging for a particular part to build a particular motorcycle. And these kids wandering around for the entire weekend, trying to find like, I need a wheel yeah. for a CB 550, you know, and that kind of thing. And it would make it a very interesting element. And it, as you're looking around the swap meet, if you found the things like that, you might want to grab it and spend 25 bucks or 50 bucks to get a part that would help those kids along with their mission. Well, that would be, so you, the, the, you have a budget built like for the kids, right? Yeah. So they can go out and like, all right, here's 20 bucks, go find a tire. So yeah. the swap meet knows that the kids are coming. So they can either take that 20 bucks or they can be like, go ahead, kid, take the tire, you know, whatever. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That'd be really cool. Dude, what about a kids running a bike wash oh. fundraiser man there would be so many people wanting their bikes wash. depends on how rainy the weekend is yeah i know exactly <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we've had weekends where we would need five or six washes throughout the course of the weekend. Right. You know? I'm just saying say that's a great opportunity. And if it rains, a lot of good Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, how many pedos are going to this show? Yeah, I was thinking that the same thing. I was like, mm. I, look, man, the only thing I want a child to do is bring me pizza. That's all I really give a shit about. If they could be, if they could figure oh. out some way to make pizzas or whatever and just bring pizzas around, I'd, be, I'd give them all the money they fucking need. Yeah, that's a that's a dead fact of AMA Vintage Days. I, this, I've been thinking for years about like just bringing a shit ton of like snack food and stuff, and yeah. then bringing a cart behind my bike, and at ten o'clock, ten thirty at night, just drive around like snacks. Egg <laughs> of Pringles is seventy five dollars. Like snacks. yeah, and uh, and, uh, <laughs> and a gram of weed is how much? <laughs> oh, <laughs> at Mid Ohio, <laughs> dude, at ten o'clock you could be driving the hundred dollar pizza truck. Yes. <laughs> you Absolutely. would make bank. Yeah, I would have paid a hundred bucks for pizza. <laughs> you would have the, you'd have the Schneeve cart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <a sleeve> <laughs> and then you do your 2 a.m. run and everything is 50 times more than it should be. Yes, it is. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. The uh so I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like this is a big thing for us. Um to to know and honestly I don't look, I would never want to give anyone false hope. I would never want to say, Oh, the AMA has said it's on, it's on like Donkey Kong. It's certified. It's, it's verified. It's bonafide and it's going to happen. No, that's not what this is. And honestly, I like it better this way. Um, this is the Cleveland Moto way. The Cleveland Moto way is if it happens, it happens. It's going to be fucking weird. Right. Uh, I honestly prefer that. And yeah, but we have a backup too. Yes, we do, and we're so it's, it, it makes it it takes the edge off. Yeah, and Dude. I don't expect anybody's going to want to fly out for something that might not happen. I had another idea. Yeah. Dude, we can make so much money. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> if we were selling these there and had a yeah. section set up for for evil can evil jumping. If we if we had I could our bring own, cases of these. Out. Yes, if we had our own evil can evil stunt show. The not the ramp <laughs> evil can evil stunt show. Exactly. <laughs> right, we could have a whole section. There you, just walk, there you go. Thanks, Sleepy. Play that shit over and over again. The, yeah. So by the yes. way, unopened box. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know that at our at our shop, if you want to get all of us to act like idiots, we bust out the evil can evil toy. You know, that's it. Or Liza's suit and the captain. <laughs> yes, exactly. Liza's already came pre-dressed. Oh yeah, you put you put that suit on anyone, and they will do stupider stuff. Well, Andrew, um, Andrew, Captain Andrew, there, Captain Andrew is you know he's emotionally attached to AMA Vintage Days. His whole Louvin meant the the Louisville you know crew. These guys, it wants to happen, man. Like there's so much inertia behind it that you know. We're starting to get to the point where it's like, well, you know, if I get a Corona, I get a Corona, but at least I've had an AMA vintage days. <laughs> so it's a very tough thing at this moment to think about how people are going to react. Um, I All I can say is until somebody says I can't at this point, I'm thinking I'm gonna, you know, my wife and mother-in-law got out their shot. So at least I won't kill, kill, kill them. <laughs> 
by the way, that evil Knievel suit, I believe, is the thing that broke Cameron. Because I remember, hey, Cameron, put on this suit. I don't want to. Hey, Cameron, put on this suit. I don't want to. Cut to Cameron's in the suit being dragged on a milk crate around the campground. <laughs> you guys remember Cameron's disposition changed dramatically the second he put that suit on. So, like, literally, the second that shit was on his body, he became like, yeah, let's go fucking do that. <laughs> like, he went from being like, ignore me, I'm not here. He, he literally was like, I'm not here, don't look at me. Um, you know, I'm here to enjoy things and, and play my ukulele and have a good time and harmonica, whatever. Like, he became, when that suit got on him, it was Liza just peer pressuring the shit out of him. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he was like, game on, yeah, I'm going to ride this fucking thing as long as I can. And then we didn't see him again. So we <laughs> <laughs> didn't see. And then he never we haven't him. seen him for years. I know that's exactly Chris. You're not shitting. Chris is not kidding. We have not seen him for years. No, he came, he came one time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think you're right. He did. He showed up for one podcast after Liza broke him. Because <laughs> I remember Nick brought uh, food. <laughs> well. I, I want to know just for each of you, because I mean, not everyone has spoken yet. Um, as much as everyone wants to go, are you guys all willing to go if there is an event? Are you are you all in? I mean, it's good. I'm in. It, I would depend. Depends on how, how the vaccines are going. And I mean, that's July something. So uh, it depends how the cases are, how the things are going. I might go, but. You know, I'm I'm willing to justify anything to go to AMA Vintage Days, but even that, you know, requires some consideration. So, you know, it's definitely something that I'd have to, I guess, see where we're at as a state. <laughs> yeah, a little bit from, closer to the event. From I know a lot of people less hardy than me that didn't die, so I'm willing to risk it. <laughs> Now, from my end, I'd probably you go ahead. I would go, but I got my first vaccine today, so it's a little nice. easier decision for me. Nice, right? Good job. No, in my case, I probably don't. I think it's going too slow, and I really don't wouldn't risk it. I mean, at least I have the experience that I had the time that I went. So at least I have that going for me. It's not like the, the scenario that we had for the, <laughs> for the Isle of Man that you, we went on that one occasion and all of a sudden just not there anymore, at least for two years in a row. Yep. But at least I have that, that I can, I, I can manage waiting for the next one and, and be yeah. not worrying about vaccines and drunken idiots just being assholes and just not caring. Because you know that at some point you're gonna find someone with fucking their their mask like sideways or like a thong mm -hmm. in their in their face and stuff. It's just like dumb shit that you know it's, it's, it's this is not the point to do that. If I can get a vaccine, I'll take it. Just because right. I want to be able to go to Mid Ohio. What do you think, Chris? I mean, Chris. Well, Chris works in the healthcare industry. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I'm I'm more reserved about that, and I kind of will agree with Oscar that. You know, I could miss it. And, and my backup plan is uh, I was going to spend uh, four days with Cameron um, <laughs> in your shed, in, 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 in my Liza costume, in, in your shed, in your backyard. 
<laughs> yeah, because he's pining for someone that looks like Liza, I'll tell you that. He's carrying a like, torch, baby. Carrying like, a torch. You're like, make me laugh, Cam. Make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Evil Knievel suit in a ball gag. <laughs> <laughs> what a stage name. <laughs> Smith walks out, bring out the cam. <laughs> there you go, baby. Well, this group here is the type of people I'd want to be going to an event like this with anyway. First of all, because y'all are my friends and we have a, a, a ton of fun, but mostly because y'all are slightly reserved and, and cautious. My concern are the people who don't want to get the vaccine, don't care. And right, are just exactly. going to go and have fun. And now you're kind of like playing like dodgeball with people, you yeah. know, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. exactly. I'd be perfectly happy to be going and just sitting outside of my RV and not seeing anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, the, yeah, but don't get me wrong. I would definitely do plan B on, on uh, Grumpy Sewers guys. Right. Little area, but I mean, because but like to Liza's point, it's just a circle of people that you trust that you know they're not going to be idiots, right? That's right. right. And, if, and if we have to do it at my own property, it's going to be just as fun because we're all going to be there. And, and if you think about it, the last time that we were actually there, right? Like we had that upper camping spot, and you bought the Taj Mahal or whatever we had, the, the camper hauler or whatever. And um, besides like going to a few events, we mostly hung out, like <laughs> you know what I mean, right. like. Like we, you know, yeah. we did the swap shop, but when we did the swap shop, we were in your, well, now Hoff's van. We didn't even like we had the windows up and the air conditioning on. So, yeah. Yeah, we were already being social distanced at last year or two years ago, whatever. And that's one thing I, I do want to remind people that it's not really us that we need to worry about. Right. Um, it's the ten thousand people that honestly haven't put a mask on yet. It's the 10,000 people that are going to show up that aren't going to, they don't own a mask and they, they don't believe in it. And that's the kind of thing that I think when we were talking about some other motorcycle events that have happened where they were like having a spit on each other, the party, you know, where it was just like, like I'm in denial or I'm spreading this sort of like, oh yeah, you're weak if you're wearing a mask mentality. The good news is I've always thought that AMA Vintage Days was different than that. And it, it is, it is different. It's a different group of people than the people that go to an event where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to spit on each other because um, COVID is fake. You know, COVID's not real. Let's Whereas, have a sneezing contest. A sneezing contest. I'm going to cough on everybody. If I see a guy wearing a mask, I'm going to follow him around and cough on him. Mm -hmm. We know that shit happened at Sturgis. Like we know I'll be, you know, I'll say it. I, I, nobody I work for is sponsored by Sturgis. So, uh, but we know that was happening. And that made a lot of people freak the fuck out. And um, I don't think there's any of that that's going to happen at Mid-Ohio. And for the one or two Hill Jacks that shows up that wants to play that shit, you know, the good news is there's somebody like me who's going to jack them up hard. I mean, like somebody who plays that game around me, they're going to wind up on the very, very wrong end of a 24 inch black rubber cock. <laughs> that's, that's enough to make them go like, oh, wow, maybe I'm not welcome here with that kind of mindset. Well, so with COVID, I don't understand why everybody isn't uh, agnostic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, so if you don't believe in it, right. But 
you can't say that it doesn't exist. So you should take precautions. That's exactly right. I'm a militant agnostic. I 100% guarantee you can't prove to me that COVID doesn't exist. Yeah. Life so I, I, I think it's cool, though. You guys are all, you know, reserved. And some of you go, some, some of you wouldn't. But really, honestly, what's more dangerous uh, coronavirus or an eight-year-old on a two-stroke. <laughs> <laughs> or, or to your point, what's more dangerous, going to mid-Ohio outdoors or going to Costco on a Saturday? That's right. You know what I mean? Costco on a Saturday is packed like a motherfucker. Yeah. You know, there's no space to get around people. An so, eight-year-old on a PW50 nearly killed Sleepy. <laughs> They're scary, man. <laughs> I just remember going down the road and somebody on the other end of the road had set up a slalom course for children. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing scarier as you're coming down the road and there's a gang of children swerving towards you. Like you have nowhere to go. Our friend Chris, um, Chris Ashmore from Crash, uh, from the Cafe Racer podcast, yeah. which now I think is called the Two Wheel Podcast. Um, he, that moment when I decided that I was nine o'clock drunk at 2 p.m. and that we needed to jump in the van and go buy bikes. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. At that moment, there was like, you think about it. I was driving that van and I'll be, I'll be the first to admit it. I was nine o'clock drunk at 2 p.m. And, we were, I was going out to buy a motorcycle and we're crawling around in a four by four, you know, a JDM four by four and crash crashed right the fuck in front of us. And like, realistically, he crashed the zero 12 feet in front of a four by four van driven by me. And then five seconds later, we bought a $3,000 motorcycle or something, you know, from the most interesting man I'd ever met in my life. Was that the, the Honda dream? The Honda dream. The dream. Yeah. The Yep. And that was like, we did it in front of spectators. Like we had a whole audience to watch this shit happen on Saturday at 2 PM. That to me, like that's the essence of mid Ohio. It's, it's that, that whole, like you're with your friends, you're out doing something cool. You find an amazingly neat, cool bike and you buy it from an incredibly interesting guy that races Hayabusa's with sidecars on the Bonneville salt flats. And By the way, that, Eight-year-old slalom course, that was their beer can. Yes. <laughs> I remember. Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> I remember when we were sitting at the camp and this kid, like no shirt, no helm, no anything, on a two-stroke like 80, goes ripping through on a wheelie and almost nails like 10 people. Yeah. So I took after him to go like, hey, fuck you, don't come back. And then I went over to his tent and his tent was just occupied by five Joe dirts, like dudes, five dudes that looked like Joe dirt. There wasn't a shirt between any of them, like nothing. There was a mound of like 7,000 bush light cans. And I'm like that kid, he's good. I'm not even fucking. He's fine. Yeah, that's the way it was. Well, and that's the hardest thing to explain to people that mid Ohio, that nobody gets hurt. <laughs> it's like it's, we're all invincible for that weekend we are all bulletproof fireproof drunk proof it's it's yeah. amazing yeah. It's you know, come, come to think of it, that's kind of weird yeah yes, well, I think it, there's a lot of people fire. that are like put duct tape on it and shut up dude we don't can't yep. get the show shut down that's right i think the people at the first aid station would disagree <laughs> <laughs> if i'm not bleeding it didn't happen yeah the, so, the, sorry the one thing also to remember though is that um i thought it's pretty selfish for a lot of people to go to some of these other events 
Except that AMA Vintage Days is different. Yeah, a lot of us are going there for fun. And I'm yeah. somebody who doesn't drink. So I'm not there drinking. I'm meeting people. It's the people that I love and the bikes and the racing and the fact that they gave me this little award. Yeah, your but, um, uh, but it's a fu- this is the fundraiser for the AMA. And we have to remember, as motorcyclists, the AMA represents us. That's right. And it's in our best interest to help fund them. Yep. So it's actually a good cause. And for me, I'm willing to go there um, even though there are risks yeah. and to navigate my way through it because it's important. Right. Also, I think it's important to be a part of the the restructure because mm-hmm. things aren't going to be the same as they used to be for a long, long time. They're not going to be the same. How do we make it different and better? And you have to fly on a plane. Yeah, the biggest risk for me is to get there. You're right. That is absolutely it. That's what scared me more in the past, like in the idea of the past three months is I've kind of woken up to the idea of maybe having to go to travel to do a thing. Um, the, st- the part that still terrifies me the most is getting into the tin can, you know, getting into the flying tin can is very frightening to me. And well, we slice, slice I could make it, make it uh, on a good, good bike, bike finally. finally. Yeah. <laughs> what, what is that in reference to? After your KTM. KTM. Oh, KTM. Oh, my KTM. <laughs> my KTM was awesome. <laughs> and it still is. It's in the garage. It's in the garage. Um, but I think that, like, that idea of it is, is, like, if you're willing to brave the airplane, you can handle the AMA Vintage Days part, you know? And and I really agree with that. I do. And I, 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 I do believe in that, that as a human being, as an individual, I can look out for myself and I can give myself the, mod- the modicum of protection if shit doesn't get worse. Um, if it gets worse, all bets are off. If it gets better, then I'm there, you know? Well, what if it just stays like it is right now with uh, things going up and down and up and down? And Chris... You know? Dude, Chris, I'm glad you said it because that's the part that that's the part that's not being addressed enough is if it stays exactly like it is right now and whether it's false bravado or what. But I have been the fact that we did the build a bike challenge at the shop, the fact that we did that clearly sends a message because we haven't had a podcast in our shop since this whole thing started. And unless it was outside with a burn barrel, uh, but the build a bike challenge was in the shop and we had rules and we had, you know, we had had areas where you were allowed to take your mask off and then areas you weren't. And the fact that we did that, honestly, you're right. We're not at the most, we're not at the most dangerous point it's ever been, but we're damn sure not out of the woods Yeah, and we did it. And you know, did we get away with it? Well, call me in two weeks and I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and we were awfully damn compliant with masking and stuff like that. Well, and and more there's a lot of bullshitting around. So. No, but more importantly, too, and I give credit to Phil's wife, Merritt, like as the night progressed and as some of us might have gotten a few penalties more than other people, you know, some of our decisions got lax. Merritt wasn't having it. Like, I remember I was going to step out and she was like, mask, dude. And I'm like, oh, sorry, sorry. And it wasn't that I wasn't trying to comply. I was just kind of getting buzzed at that point. Right. So, you know, but that was really good to have, like, you know, you have all of us idiots doing our thing, but then you have people that were actually in charge. <laughs> well, you know what? The trick is putting the right people in charge. If you put me in charge, 
fuck it. Um, we'll, we won't be wearing pants, but the <laughs> merit being in charge. So, you know, what's funny is I went up and I, I made a cocktail and gave a cocktail to Renee to try out. I made her a Mai Tai and she was like, Oh my God, that was weird. She hadn't drank anything. And I gave her the Mai Tai and she was like, you know, I forgot about COVID. You handed me a drink and I drank it. I said, well, you were the only person that drank out of it. It was made for you. She goes, yeah, but I, I just, I had forgotten about COVID yeah. and later on. And, and I will say in my life, um, Merritt and Renee, who are the two most important women to me, they're very aware of COVID. Like they keep me in check all the time. And it's because Merritt is a, you know, Merritt works with children and Merritt's a school principal. So she has to be on top of that because it's the health of all the people in her building. And Renee stays on top of it because Renee has some health issues that could really fuck her up if she gets COVID. So, you know, the, she's very good at reminding us. And when she left that night, she said, she goes, Oh, the only reason I left, she goes, I was really tired, but I was really impressed. You guys were doing such a good job with the masks. And I was like, yeah, until you left. And then when you left, shit just went sideways. <laughs> we were outside. We were outside. We were all outside. It, it got ugly. Here, try this drink. Here, try it. <laughs> this is really good. Hey, <laughs> I have a couple more ribs. <laughs> Here, take a bite of this rib. Mm, good. I only had half of it. Here's a few of Nick's. We scraped up off the ground. <laughs> okay, so Liza, you guys recently, you guys have recently opened up the recycle garage. Yeah. So your recycle garage is back up, and you guys are masking, and yep. you're trying to be, you're doing your social distancing. Yep. I've seen some of the pictures yep. and you had a shit ton of people there. So yep. for people who haven't been to Liza's garage, it's like the, the sort of back corner parking lot of a little dentist's office, <laughs> so to speak. And then a, uh, a hastily erected tent that's been there for way too long and a little tiny shed of a garage. Yeah. And that's how the whole thing operates. And there's not really enough room back there for 26 people who aren't social distancing. And yet you guys appeared to have 20 people there, you know? Yeah, well, we're we're outside and we have a yep. rule only no more than three people in the garage building at a time. Right. And still with social distancing, I have extra masks there. I have uh, sanitizing stuff, but it's also just reminding people. Um, but here in Santa Cruz, I mean, everyone's wearing masks. I mean, we're I was going to say, you the have life. the advantage of being in California. Yeah. And in California, it is very unlikely to find a COVID denier in Santa Cruz. We really? had some last oh. weekend during a protest at Trader Joe's, but yes. Yeah. Why, why is that? What, what's what's the backbone of Santa Cruz there where people are that compliant? They're, they're, dude, they're crunchy as fuck. <laughs> This is where granola was invented. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I, I, I have a plan, though, for vintage days. And mm -hmm. I, th I think everyone here can kind of adopt their own version of it, which is make yourself not look approachable. So my plan is to wear the evil Knievel suit, a pool noodle ha helmet, and carry a bat with me. And I know, like... Huh. It, Johnny Mac, if he's just as drunk with like some barbecue sauce on his cheek, no one's coming near him. Like everyone can come up with their own thing, you know? <laughs> That's exactly the biggest, it. <laughs> the biggest, blackest cock I can find. 
There you go. There you go. I think if we all the war the Borat, uh, the Borat, nobody would come by any of us. You know what was funny? I I mean, this I know this is the Wayback Machine, but you know, way back in 2019, there was a fellow that invaded our camp, and he started he started kind of like he was he was pretty pretty like you know pretty right you know he, he was pretty sure of himself and then at some point somebody introduced him to a big rubber dick like a suction cup rubber dick <laughs> and and then this guy all of a sudden went from being like super judgy about all of our behavior and you know we were just a little too liberal or a little too weird for him and but then all of a sudden he's just running around with this big rubber dick and he couldn't get enough of it is that the guy who's, who like kidnapped my my dildo and it that's came the guy, back like exactly. two days that's later on a golf cart? That's the guy I'm talking about. <gasps> yes. Yeah. That's Somebody the guy I'm talking took about. It. Yeah, because he was kind of like, oh, you know, you I don't know, man. I think you guys are gay, you know, and <laughs> I think you're queers. And I, I think I think there's something going on over here, and I think you guys might be using the drugs. And and he was kind of like, he was judging us pretty hard. And then I see the guy and he's trying to stick the suction cup to his forehead. <laughs> Chase his girlfriend around. And I was like, well, Liza broke him. All I know is it came back at the end of the weekend and he was smiling. He was great. And it was good. I, I Liza, you had another convert. <laughs> to the church of Liza. Yeah. yeah, it was a very strange thing. So I, it was a, it was a, a weird, like you do meet all kinds at AMA Vintage. So another suggestion from the chat from uh, how do people avoid you? Yeah. Write a Janus. Nobody will want to talk to you. <laughs> and just imagine in Ohio, your Janus will be all dirty and everything. You'll have a nasty, dirty Janus. Nobody will want to go near you. Mighty Janus. No. I get that a lot. Dude, the echo is bad again, John. It's yeah. coming. Yeah, uh, that I mean, you're right. If you want to make people stay away from you at mid Ohio, I think the best way to do it would be like be trying to sell them something. So like if you're trying to sell raffle tickets or if you're trying to sell, you know, like the more you're trying to engage them, they will stay the fuck away from you. No, we all dress up like Jehovah Witnesses. Witnesses. I was going to say the same thing. (laughs) No, even better. Pull up on a Harley wearing chaps and a do rag. No one will talk to you. I agree. I totally agree. Like those are the guys. There are always one or two of those guys that show up at vintage days. They'll show up. They'll, they won't hang out for the whole weekend, but they'll be there for like a couple hours and walk around, but they'll be wearing the entire cosplay set, you know, the entire I'm a pirate <laughs> weekend and they'll show up full Jack Sparrow and they'll walk like one oh, lap shit. and then they're, and then they're done. And then they yeah, they're, off. they're invisible to us. But if you're wearing overalls and riding a trail 70, you got a, a crowd around you. You're, you're the man. You know? <laughs> Just ride, you know, ride a Harley Davidson with a price tag on the headlight that says $25,000 and nobody will say a word to you. You'll be dead to them. <laughs> or how about this? Same thing. Any bike you ride, put a pie plate on it. And yeah. then just make sure it says, I know what I got. Don't offer me anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other way to make people fucking hate you at Mid-Ohio is to have your pie plate on your headlight that says any number and then firm underneath it. Because <laughs> if it says firm underneath it, people are like, fuck him. Arr. And they'll just fucking leave you alone. Yeah, It's the best way. I think that's the best way to get people to ignore you at Mid-Ohio is to be solid on your price. Now, 
Are you thinking of doing the RV again? Because that's kind of risky. It's extremely risky. So we probably won't do the RV again. Uh, the RV is probably, that's not going to happen. It'll probably have to be a little bit of every man for himself. I mean, just in my motor pool, everybody could have their own van. Uh, and that would I'll take my RV. Yeah. You can use a shitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, One person at a time. Right. I mean, but I think that it's it's not unrealistic to think that, um, you know, here in, in my world, I think we've got three three vans that people could borrow or trucks that they could borrow. And then they would have their own little place to sleep if they needed it. But of course, then we have a whole litany of various different tents and other structures. We've got things that turn 10 by 10 pop ups into actual real tents. That Ambulances. Have- yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. We got all kinds of cool shit. You still have that Sir Admiral Bird tent? No, we left that there. The Hillary, the Hillary <laughs> tent. That's what it was. Yeah. The Hillary tent did, uh, that was a uh, Dave Tolhurst, uh, U.S. Navy veteran CB. He donated that tent to us when we had a motor scooter rally at my uh, in-laws house. And he donated that Hillary tent to us. And the last time we set it up, you were there. And there was no way in world the world we were bringing that tent home from mid Ohio. It had, it had gone off to Valhalla with the rest of the Vikings. It was done. (laughs) It was just one of those things that that tent was finished. It's time on earth was done. And you know, it It wasn't perfect if a parachute flare had landed on it. Yes, that's right. Why why does he shout like that? I don't, he doesn't need to shout. He's never done that before. This is a new thing of Johnny. All right, I'm going to try to talk normal. That's yeah. The problem go. is, I'm shouting at myself because it's picking up in both microphones and it fucks me up now. Oh, yeah. You can one of those two microphones. Yeah, can you turn off one of the microphones? <laughs> yeah, it's so really be- hard to tell the difference between sober Johnny Mac and drunk Johnny Mac. Or just stereo Johnny Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Right now he's a man with too many microphones. Well, it's because John, because, uh, because Hoffert and John decided to social distance together. Yeah. Well, they work in shit together. So I mean, that's (laughs) fine. Wait a minute. Oh, they are together. I'm like, they both got a, Wait, oh do the arm it. trick. Do the arm trick. Oh <laughs> They're both sitting in front of the same Corvette. <laughs> well, we work together, so what's it matter? I mean, we're, we're together eight hours a day. This is so. true. So but, at this point, Phil, I mean, what do you think the odds are? Do you think that you think that uh, there's going to be if there's at least racing, right? Yeah. You think that it's worth like Let's put something together and do it. Look, if there's racing, I'm going to be there. And honestly, I will say this. I'm going to take the same setup to mid Ohio. I'm going to take the same, the same exact setup to AMA vintage motorcycle days, whether or not there's 600 people because just racing or 6,000 people because it's back to game on. I'm going to take the same shit. I'm not going to change my battle plan at all. My load is going to be the same. And I'm going to be, you know, it'll be me, a van, a trailer, and a bunch of shit. And, and a hot, sweet load. 
a, a big, <laughs> a big, hot, sweet load. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So wait, what are the dates again? I'm trying to read the thing. Uh, I think it's July 23rd, 4th and 5th. Ooh. Yeah. It's that weekend. That means it's the twenty. For us, it's twenty six. It's always just remember. It's always Cameron's birthday weekend. Ooh, it used to not operating that weekend. It used to be always Doctor Waters and I's anniversary weekend, and then it changed for a little while. Then it was the weekend before because ours is the fifteenth, and then it was the weekend before. And I used to just buy her a motorcycle every year at AMA Vintage Days as (laughs) a anniversary present. But put put me down for a a tent or a van or, or something. A, something. Yeah, we'll, we'll put you down for something. Oh, yeah, put me down for something. We'll put you down for something because I've never I've had many times I've had them offer me a hotel, but the hotel is just so far, you know, from the campsite. Oh uh, no, the best stuff happens late at night. I know it really does. It <laughs> honestly does. And you can set up a tent. On top of my RV. I just slept in the grass. That's right. I, I mean, that, that's it. I mean, the fact that all the misfits basically, despite our 12 passenger slave ship, most of them slept under it. <laughs> <laughs> most of them were dirt worshippers. Yeah. <laughs> the Morlocks. Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. That's it. I'm a turd herder. <laughs> turd herder. Well, well, I think, um, and I'm glad that you talked to Vintage Days, and maybe I'll reach out too. I think yeah. if you're up for it, that we should um, commit yeah. and offer our services in whatever other whatever way they need. Yeah, and possibly even maybe we can do something like bring some people in to be appraisers, and maybe when we I can actually do today, some stuff. When I spoke with them today, they said uh, if they could get Liza to do 47 seminars, uh, they'd be okay with that because they don't have anybody else scheduled. <laughs> they don't have anybody. We should we should take the gear and do the podcast live. I can put a double output to them and they could they could they could stereo play the podcast to a group of people. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> Last time we did a podcast on their property, we got like three flyby warnings from the, uh, what do they call that? The uh, the censorship board? Uh, <laughs> oh, I forgot and about that. Yeah. It was in the bus. We did it in the bus. We did it in the bus. We did it in the tower. I mean, like, yeah. So serious question. Yes. How many of these could I sell there? A lot. Yeah, All of them. A lot. That's one of those. That's one of those items that I. If you brought a hundred of those, I think you would sell a hundred of those. Yeah. How much do you want for them? Uh, Forty-five bucks a piece. I was going to say, yeah, maybe fifty since it's there. Since I would go an even. Will you take twenty-five? <laughs> what are you, Frank Fritz? No, he's at Mid Ohio. That's how it works, man. Right. I'd say go in, go in even fifty. <laughs> so I'll buy two for forty. Right. <laughs> so Phil, you might get some uh, some palette sent to your shop right i was gonna say that's that's usually how it works out that's it the, if you uh, have connections you should get like um, a vintage day special edition one you know like like just uh, like a little vd on it or something well, so not, instead well, of him riding a harley davidson he'd be riding a ct90 <laughs> yeah. well these these are licensed through the right. knievel family so <laughs> it's, it's the re it's the original reissue yeah these, um, we've had one of the shop. these guys have all played with it and but I'm thinking besides selling them, actually having some set up for people to play with mm-hmm. and kids would actually be a lot of fun. It could and then be. I might be able to work with 
the vintage days and helping yep. study in that area. Dude, Joe Dirt's kid would steal that thing in two seconds. <laughs> Free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could do drag races where you could pit an actual real life motorcycle against the evil Knievel motorcycle. Half of the proceeds go to recovering motoholics. That's <laughs> you could beat a real motorcycle. It just depends on how much of your knuckles you're willing to sacrifice. That's exactly right. Isn't that a thing? Yeah. Isn't like isn't ten foot drags a thing? Like, ten foot drags is a real thing. John yeah. and I, we went and we were there was a very bored night one night at Mid Ohio, and I can't even recall how many beers in we were. We stumbled across the group from Dallas, Texas, or somewhere, and. I think I was riding a Royal Enfield actually. And we pulled up on these guys and they were in the campsite doing legit 10 foot drags and they were doing 10 foot drags in the grass, you know, grass gravel mix. And they were throwing it down and they had it really well organized. You'd pull up and they'd throw the, they'd throw the flag and you'd go help bent for leather for 10 feet. And kinetic energy is your friend. Yes. It was amazing how challenging it was. Like you first, you're like, oh, that's bullshit, whatever. No, it's really fucking hard to do. Like you got to be on the ball. You, you got to have your shit together to do a 10 foot drag. Yeah. How'd the infield do? Pretty good. I mean, I got a flywheel. I got, you know, 24 pound flywheel on that infield. So, you know, the idea was you, you didn't have to rev it to 7,000. You could rev it to 4,500 and it was just the flywheels, your friend, as long as you didn't break the back tire loose. So, it's so fine. I have a question. Will not a ramp be there? Of course. Jesus okay. Christ. We may have not a ramp, son of not a ramp. Yeah. <laughs> the whole not a ramp family. Yeah. It, it may look like it may look like a fucking sign effect, a sine wave. You might come off of one <laughs> ramp and hit another ramp into another ramp. Yeah, it might not go a double. Yeah. Yeah. Not a ramp. It might be not a fire. It might be, you know, <laughs> not a fire. <laughs> not a limbo pole. <laughs> not Will not explode. Yeah, not, a, not a super soaker. <laughs> That's it. So we need to find out if the guys in the corner are going to be there. They will. Uh, so I've, I've kind of been having some chats today. Okay, good. Yeah. And the game is right now, the way the game is, is those guys are, you know, they they kind of feel like I do. And uh, we're all kind of sitting here going, well, look, right now it feels like it can only get better. So if it only gets better, mm -hmm. that means we're going to be there. If it only gets worse, well, then we're going to have to change. I like right? the sound effect. Our, our attack. But if it does only get better, <laughs> then, you know, I think, I think, I've made it this far. I, I've already had the COVID. You know, I, I've experienced it. It was delightful. That was a year ago. And uh, I, I, I have no false misgivings about my immortality. I, I think that I could get it as much as anybody could. Well, the latest well, study out says that your antibodies will last for a very, very long time. Yeah. So I mean, you should be done. I, I'm going to get the vaccine as soon as I can. Yep. That still doesn't protect me from the MRSA in the porta potty. So <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe just take a load of. That's true. The porta potties are penicillin. <laughs> yeah, the porta potty twenty one is way more dangerous than the COVID nineteen. There's all I have to say is there's woods all around. Right, and I'm you know what I'm I'm taking as much D as I can put in my mouth. It's it's ridiculous all the D I'm getting. And so I've become I've become a huge fan of the D. Like 
you'll see me all th- three, four times a day. I'm just putting D in my mouth. That's all I can do. <laughs> so I'm convinced that's what's going to keep me healthy is all this D I'm getting. If you didn't D, we'd be more than happy to give you some. Hey, man, I, I went to Mark's the other day and got a whole bunch of D. Whoa. Are you are you still having the teeth removed to make it all easier? Or that's no? exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Just don't put the D in your Janus. <laughs> I had another idea, but this is maybe more of a request. Yeah. Could you have an Unky Phil set and uh, film some interviews there? Well, of course. I mean, there's there's no. I yeah, mean, that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen right? no matter what. Honestly, anywhere, anytime Steve shows up, there's going to be a camera with a helicopter attached to it. Uh, that's just <laughs> goes without saying. Like he's not going to show up and not. We're not going to get chased down by some sort of flying camera. And yeah. interviews and whatever else. Right. Exactly. You know what would be a lot of fun to set up uh, <laughs> some little, some chairs and a desk over at yeah. the barrel racing and be commentators on a mic and film that? <laughs> it, that would the be hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> right? That right? would be hilarious to do play-by-play. Yes! Commentary of the barrel races, but do it unsolicited. Yes! But the desk, what I'm saying. The desk has to move. It has to be on wheels. So like like either being towed on a trailer yes. behind a bike. What is that? Yes. Portable picnic table. Be a power. Yes. Yeah. I want. I've wanted to build the motorized porter's picnic table. It's going to happen this year. We have the technology. Yeah. Yeah, we I'm have the equipment. You, there's opportunities. <laughs> and we have the PA year. system. Like we have all the high powered amplification we would need. Weird. Our batteries. I have a full two nine ninety five out of a cop car. Yeah, but do you have a burgundy jacket? You need a burgundy blazer to do that, right? I have a burgundy jacket. Hey, you're in, dude. I have a burgundy blazer. Yeah, I have a burgundy blazer. And we could give play-by-play, and then we could name the people who are competitors names that they didn't agree upon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that show, uh, the Japanese show that they had the commentators on. Yes. That was awesome. I love that show. <laughs> I would like to be buttoned in a bearskin rug. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly what it, dude we can make this whatever we want it to be the guy who stormed the capitol wearing the buffalo head oh yeah right so john brought a bearskin rug to the build-off the other night and he was wearing it in similar fashion and i was like that's what he's doing at minute at vintage days <laughs> And John's big enough. He's tall enough that if he had a horn hat on and walked around in the bear thing, nobody's coming near you or talking to you at all. <laughs> no. Well, there Dude, you go. That's his thing. Why? Why don't you add a build-off event to this? You know why? Because because what happened was that's work. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened at this last build-off, Liza? I gotta say, I I had planned for damn near everything. Um, and most of it came together pretty well. Uh, we had some crosstalk on the microphones. Sure, that was a problem. But everything else came together well, except for the one thing I hadn't planned on. Chris Smith had brought 30 pounds of delicious food. <laughs> like every- Was it charcuterie? Charcuterie. Oh, there was ribs that were mm, to die for. He had brought canes. You've had canes. Canes chicken. Mm-hmm. He brought it. It was amazing. And we had everything. We had booze. You could have heard a fucking pin drop. These guys' assholes were so tight. They were so nervous. Like, there was no shit talking. There's, there was no rowdy, rowdy pipe. Well, wait, wait, wait. I, sh- I was shit talking the whole time. You were I hammered. was shit-faced the whole time. 
Inco incoherent. One hundred percent incoherent. Totally incoherent. At one point I looked over and Steve was just staring at a part. And he took it off the bike, but he didn't know what the hell it was. He's just looking at it. <laughs> that was that stupid fucking tail section. <laughs> here's here's my pitch, Phil. Beforehand, you offer these unbuilt bikes up for sale. Yeah. People enter into the contest by buying the bike. By buying into them, yeah. Yeah. And then they show up and they build their bike that they get to ride for the weekend. I agree. And you I can agree. have a trophy for the winner or something. Yeah, we'll do it. You can test ride and build one. We'll have plenty. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> we can be the entertainment. Yeah, I can. I can definitely purchase a few more and bring them. The uh, it's it, the whole concept of it is hilarious. And but you're right. I could pre-buy. I could pre-buy ten of them, like the one tens. Yeah. Honestly, the one tens, and bring them out and say, okay, well, there's a competition. You have to put in five hundred and eighty-five dollars. So you put up five hundred eighty-five bucks. You get the bike. You keep the bike no matter what. But if you if you win, you get a trophy or glory or whatever. You know, or half the proceeds or half. Right. Exactly. Right. Phil, take my money. Yeah. Just, just side take my bets. money. That's all we got to do is side I, bets. Yep. I'm just saying that yep. that is something that I think people would have fun doing. I think they would have fun doing it. Absolutely. And you could just sell bikes and they'll build them. <laughs> right. Well, and the idea would be, I mean, honestly, at that point, it's not about having the profit margin. It's not about selling the bikes. It's really more about just the spectacle of it because yeah. Watching it happen was the best two hours of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but I wish I could have had him fill a pile of money and had him build my bike for the build-off. I would have won. <laughs> I wish I could remember it. So, lately, we've had a lot of people commenting. People were commenting. They're like, okay, fuck it. Now Sparky and Phil need to go head-to-head and build bikes. And they, like, yeah, they need to build bikes against each other. And so Sparky came in and I told him about that. And he was like, whenever you're ready, man. And I was like, <laughs> fucking hell, stone cold confidence, man. <laughs> I was like, Let's go, I bitch. But he didn't hesitate for a second. He was like, but, yeah, whenever you're ready. But I think instead of those bikes, you got to give us what you would have spent on those and yep. let us go out and just find two Craigslist bikes, disassemble Ooh. them, and just dump them on you guys. <laughs> frame, <laughs> you know, frame up restoration. Completely not whole idea. Everything. Uh, Again. One night. <laughs> can, I, can I enter Emma in that competition? Yes. <laughs> the funniest thing ever was that we, when we put this whole kooky idea together, I was like, yeah, it takes me between 20 and 25 minutes to build one of these, depending on how I take the crate apart, like how careful I'm being. And when I told Sparky about it, he was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, between 20 and 25 minutes. Sure. And I was like, okay. And so when we kind of were pre-gaming this and we were talking about like, how long will it actually take? I was like, well, we have to be careful because I don't want the podcast to run over two hours. I, I just don't want the podcast <laughs> to last that long. So all these guys came up with wonderful ways to fuck each other. Like they all came up with wonderful, sneaky, shitty ways to really be assholes to each other. And I had to say, no, I mean, I had to make rules that made it super fair and super tight. Yeah. We still took over two hours. <laughs> so no, I, I took no over two shenanigans. hours. <laughs> we had a, clock, we had a <laughs> clock that went to 100 minutes. And our There's clock, still one bike that's not built. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, okay. Right. Our fastest builders were just a, a blonde one under an hour. Like just a blonde one under an hour. Those were our fastest builders, but it did carry on. And had we done things in there to make it more difficult, 
it would not have been that way. We would still be building them. Let me say this. Yeah. I think Nick will agree with me because I bet you, Nick, you probably wasted 20 minutes on this and I definitely wasted 15 minutes. Right. You knew because you guys have built them that the one dude at the SSR factory that installs the caliper is 790 pounds and can bench 6,000 pounds. Absolutely. So so we're sitting here with these little fucking like 10 inch things trying to break loose. This I thought the thing was bent or broken. I was about to give up. And then I heard everybody else complaining. And I'm like, well, if everybody's complaining, then this is the way it is. Look, that son of a bitch sat there for 20 minutes with an impact. Just going. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, I broke a craftsman socket on that nut. I went to Oscar. I broke my my impactor on it. My pretty heavy craftsman impactor. I was like. That's why that's why that's why the event was challenging. And that's why I didn't take it lightly at all, because legit, if you take the skiing part out of the biathlon, I'm ready for the Olympics. But that bolt is built. It's that's what it comes with the kit. That's the way it is. We didn't change that. I can't believe that. I mean, like if you if you were just a dude at home with like two tools and a thing, you'd never you'd be like, it broke. I'm sending it back. Go ahead, Dan. I rewatched it, and I think it cost me a little over seven minutes putting the handlebars on backwards. (laughs) (laughs) My handlebars were so jacked up because I had to lean them all the way forward so I could get to the the six millimeter hex. Yeah, they like fuck it. They could just be fucking ponchos. (laughs) (laughs) Should have just cut the padding off that bar. There's there's a technique. That's all I'm gonna say. There's a way to do it. Uh, once you do once you do ten of them, you know exactly the right way to do it. So well, then the stupid plastic that, that whole assembly is just yeah that plastic just that killed me. Yeah, the heat shield. I almost brought a torch with me to torch <laughs> off some of the shit. I was like, I'm gonna bring a torch so I can heat this shit up and peel it right off. And they didn't need it for the masking on the body work. Wait, let me but get out my violin so for you. <laughs> I left mine on through the ride, and then I after the ride, it came right your bike, you fucker. <laughs> your bike is still not safe at any speed. <laughs> I rode it. And you could even it's start fine. it. You could I rode start it. it. It's fine. You could start it. <laughs> And this is why, and this is why I didn't allow cheating. <laughs> it didn't need it. Were you allowed it after the contest? <laughs> when I was kicking it and everybody was laughing at me. You owe me a hundred bucks. <laughs> oh my yes. I forgot about that. I love all the people that said you should have let the thing run into the after hours, like into the, the post game, because the post game oh, yeah. is just rotten. But honestly, the shit we were doing in the post gaming. I don't want that associated with me. <laughs> I'll just Ricketts, wanted, Ricketts wanted to see it all. Yeah, Amy was Amy was convinced. She was like, that's bullshit. If, if there's shenanigans, I want to be there for it. She missed the best part. Well, Amy's a team player. She she yeah. believes in like she's there for everything. If she falls asleep for 10 seconds, she'll be angry that she missed something. Yeah. Sage, to- can you cue the uh, bit bike tug of war? I can find it somewhere. Yeah, I'll get there. Oh, no. More, more important. Oh, yeah. so, so Nick hurt himself. 
I put myself into Phil's truck and missed a motorcycle hitting it, but my hip definitely didn't miss it. Oh, no, you definitely. So my whole truck moved. So (laughs) (laughs) then, now this is the real, this is the real body count. Within 10 minutes, Hoffert was bleeding from the leg. (laughs) Within 10 minutes. His blood had been thinned out with alcohol to the point where if you looked at him wrong, he'd bleed. But but he was bleeding from the leg and he was bleeding from the leg rather profusely. So we had first aid for that. Then we looked over and Mecklefresh was red, cherry red. (laughs) Everything on him was red. I thought that he'd been sunburned accidentally or done some welding, but he was just solid red. Normally that's a beer tan. (laughs) (laughs) And then like everybody was somehow like gasping for air and they were sweating and it was really weird. And I was like, We've been doing this for 25 minutes. Like this is not an endurance sport. Well, well, about 25 minutes in is when I realized I was in my area and I was still wearing my mask. And I was yes. like, well, this is, I, I don't know why I can't breathe. Like, <laughs> I started bitching the neck. I'm like, what the fuck is with this caliber bolt? What is with this fucking sticky shit on the heat shield? Did you get yeah. this off? Now, keep in mind, we sold about 10 of these to people who said, no, it's okay. I'll build it myself. Wow. And my favorite part about eight come back fucked up. Fuck. Yeah. There we go. My favorite part was after we got the bikes built, after Steve Cinch won, yeah. and we were out in the parking lot, and he went full hoon. <laughs> and it was like zero to Starboys and 20 drinks. <laughs> and he was doing. Donuts and yep. burnouts and yep. drifting and stories and stoppies <laughs> and then like cut inches from death at 20 different points. Yep. That was because I've always known that Steve was a, a stunt bike rider for right. a long time, but I've never seen him. I've never seen him pop so much as a wheelie right. until that night. And then it all made sense. <laughs> but was very on that thing. Was, Dude, I don't know I how to see a lot more of that. Out I of don't know how, but here's the thing. I've never accomplished this before. I went to do the one stoppy and the front wheel skidded for like 10 feet with the yeah. back tire in the air and I didn't crash. Right. I don't know how that perfect. happened. It was awesome. We, I, mean, I mean, that's we what were, I want on video. We were down yeah. to four parking spaces. <laughs> the fact that we were down to four parking spaces and people were doing wheelies and stoppies in four parking spaces was shocking. Let's yeah. leave the tailgate down on the truck so it cuts somebody in half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, cool. by, by my count, though, I won because I'm the only one that rode a bike there, so I should get 60 minutes off. <laughs> well, let's let's take a look. Okay, at, you should get something for that. Let's, let's take a look at John and uh, Nick uh, performancing here. Oh yeah. Does it get any wider than that? <laughs> Audio. Yeah. Can you hear it or no? No. 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 There he goes. Oh Maybe boy! Close that entire. Oh. There we go. Oh. 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 Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let's see that again. Hold on. There you go. Uh, and anytime you play it, the audio stops. Oh, yeah. I convinced Nick just had his front brake on the whole time. I got the wheels in my I'm just shocked that no cars were hurt. No, 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 do No, do I love the fact that he insisted on having a do-over. Yeah, I, like, I can do better. I can do better. I just ate shit. 
<laughs> I think I can do that better. Right. <laughs> I, I think, Nick, you should be proud of you. Bouncing up and down on the back tire trying to fucking make you move. But like I said, I'm pretty sure you, were you covering your front brake and just holding the front brake? I, I don't remember. At one point, it was off. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was my my clutch hand. Unfortunately, that was off the handlebar. But uh, no, I, I don't remember if I was holding the front brake. We'll have a training session. You guys, well, I counseled him afterwards, and I said, you know, you want to cover that clutch, and he said, yeah. That happened on my scooter when the clutch seized up. <laughs> when the door seized up, I wish yeah. I had been yeah. in the clutch. Always have two fingers. Did you so, guys notice the cop that drove around twice and then gave us the lights once and like kind of pointed at us? He was like, hey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he fucking left the way he should. The uh, So I did want to say that uh, a couple of things that we did, we did momentarily want to talk about is you guys do know that there has been some advancement in the world of technology that the motorcycle gods have decided that swappable batteries are a decent idea and that all of the team players Players, all the big guys have all said, yeah, that's not a bad idea. If we all have the same shaped video cassettes for our video cassette players, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And uh, that's a big fucking deal. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a company in Taiwan called GoGoRo. You can look them up later. And GoGoRo has this system, and Kimco had the system too, where they would literally have it like propane exchange tanks. So you could like pull up on your motorcycle, pull a dead battery, like a, a big, like six pack size battery out of your bike, chuck it into a device, into a charging station, pull a fresh tasty one out and jam it into your bike and off you fuck. And you could, could you jam it into your Janus. You could, <laughs> you could jelly it into your receptacle. And the Kimco had a system for this and a company called GoGoRo also had a system for this. And in 2019, way, way back two years ago, Yamaha thought that was a good enough idea to build a bike around it. So Yamaha built an actual scooter using the GoGoRo system, their, their patented system. And that was like kicking the door down a major manufacturer saying that this is the way the future is going to work. You're going to drive for 50 or 60 or 70 miles. You're then going to need more electricity. And rather than standing there with a cord in your, you know, your cord in your hole for an hour and a half, you're going to just take the battery out and grab a fresh one. And away you go again. And this way you didn't have to have downtime when you were riding your your bike. Right. So uh, I didn't we serve. talk about this five oh. years ago? Yes, we did. We talked oh. about this with Kimco. So Kimco had this program about five years ago. They had come up with a whole dispenser and they had a thing that would sit on the corner and it would have like eight or 10 batteries in it. And you could pull your Kimco scooter up, take the battery out of your Kimco, put it into the dock and take one out and put it in. Yes, we did talk about this five years ago. And it's that's how long it takes um, to get that. Imagine the first guy that opened a gas station, you know, uh, go ahead. Well, my, my, my big concern is, okay, so, I mean, this is way back. I had a, I bought a settling and oxygen tanks yeah. to do uh, a settling welding. And I took my tank into the, you know, the place to get my settling filled up. Right. And the guy's like, oh, we can't fill it right now, but you could just take an exchange tank. That's right. Well, good. He gave me an exchange tank. I mean, I kept my tanks pristine. Right. I mean, they were brand new, whatever. He gave me this tank that they looked like they kicked down the road for a thousand miles. They came off the Titanic. Yeah, but, but I'm saying, 
what so you really want to take care of your bike and you charge it correctly you leave it like when you're letting it rest it's at 64 percent, and you do all your stuff right. and you exchange your pristine battery no nope. some asshole's battery that let it run that. down to nothing but here's the good news steve you don't have to do that you can charge your battery and you can keep your battery perfect but me, I'm going to be at that swap. I haven't bought a new propane tank in years. I'd do the swap, man. I'll take that guy's last propane tank. Go ahead, Liza. All right. So I'm, I'm going to shit all over this. All right. Whoa. So um, I had the same idea as do many people. Logistically, it seems to make sense. We already have this program for propane tanks. Um, but as I explored it further i discovered more problems with it so phil um smallest uh zero it would be the fx right the fx with a 3.6 battery how many uh how many batteries are on your fx on mine yeah yours i have four so i have i have 14.4 kilowatt hours right how much do each of those batteries cost uh right now the the per battery is about 2400 bucks right so, yeah. So, we're nearing about $10,000 in inventory. Mm-hmm. Yep. Between to have life. something ready to exchange. Right. Exactly. How much do you think uh, a business for investing in all these batteries? Right. So, they're looking at for just to be able to have ready to go for 10 bikes in one day. Right. Exactly. 100,000. Okay. How much do they need to charge for every swap? So each one of these batteries to bring it home to you guys, each one of the batteries that they're projecting to have part of the system is less than two kilowatt hours. And so they're less than two kilowatt hours and they're not built the same way a zero battery is built. They're built at a much lower battery density. They're built to be affordable. They're built to be, mm-hmm much, much cheaper. So I like to tell people these are more like DeWalt batteries or more like Makita batteries or more like, uh, you know, Milwaukee batteries than they are the battery in your cell phone. Okay. Um, These things are infinitely more rugged and infinitely cheaper to build because they're using existing cylindrical battery technology. So each of these things is about 400 bucks. Okay. So these batteries have a per unit cost of around four hundred to six hundred dollars on the retail end. So um, if you were to buy a couple of extras to have at your camper or whatever, you'd be between four and six hundred dollars per battery cell. Like one kilowatt. Yeah, well, that's the thing is the ones that they're doing right now that are available as part of the system are about one kilowatt per. And what they're targeting right now, they'd be very easy to get up to two kilowatts per in the same size housing. Uh, but right now, the way it's looking is this, a lot of the bikes, a lot of the scooters and stuff that do this have the ability to carry two of these batteries. And two is the magic number because you can have one battery be fully charged. And you can take the battery that's dead, throw it into the machine and get a new battery out and then off you go. And then the idea is it will drain one battery before the other one so that you always have 15 or 30 miles of range. So you have a lead lag. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. But that puts double the load on the, the battery you're using. Yes, it does. Well, I think actually what I think it would be better to say, how about this? If I told you it was a one battery system that had a reserve. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. So you're yeah. keeping a, a whole hundred percent in reserve. Exactly. 
So, yeah, but if you have a scooter doing 35 miles an hour, yeah. how many miles are you going to get out of one battery? So the go-go rows that are existing right now, the go the go-go rows that you can purchase right now if you live somewhere other than the United States of America. Uh, the go-go row right now is a 50 mile per hour top speed and mm-hmm. it's about a 45 mile range. So that's a pretty With both batteries. What's that? With both batteries? Yes. So it's a 25 mile range until you have to swap out your, That's right. your first battery. You so now it. apply that to American bikes, let's say a mm-hmm. doing 70 miles an hour on the freeway. Maybe you want to travel to visit your mom right. or something, right? Right. So how many of those batteries are you going to need? Yep. And how often will you have to swap them out? If you did with today's math, not taking mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. advancement in battery technology whatsoever, complete hip pocket bullshit. Yeah. If each battery is 2K dub and you have four batteries in your system, which is not unrealistic, keeping in mind these batteries are way lighter than the Zero's 3.6 battery. Because mm-hmm. the Zero's 3.6 battery is damn near 40 pounds each. That's too heavy to make it consumable, hot swappable. These batteries in the go-go row are like you grab them, you pick them up like a, you know, like a six pack, right? They're not heavy. And so with four batteries in place, I'm going to guesstimate your range is probably in the area of 70 to 100 miles. Okay. Okay. Depending that's, on how you ride. And that's a, that's a, a that's similar to a guess of, uh, I would be take okay. a guess. But again, so how much money does the, do these places have to charge based upon how much money they have invested in these batteries? So it looks like the Taiwan model, when I did the dollars, so the, 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 their currency to our currency, or even using a Euro standard based on what's existing right now, what they're saying is to replenish one, to cost one battery, that's going to be $2. And that $2 is going to give you essentially 40, you know, between 25 and 50 miles of range, depending on how you ride for two bucks. And realistically, two bucks won't buy you one gallon of gas. Yeah. So to the consumer, it's a boon. Uh, to the consumer, it's fantastic. So, and what you'll be doing is you'll actually participate in a membership program. So the idea is very much like a charge point EV charging station where you're going to have your data. Like they're going to literally, they're, you're going to have a membership and you're going to roll up and you're going to scan your device and then you go. And there will be the ways that you can benefit from that. And there'll be ways that makes it easier. Or if you don't have a membership, you can go up and just use your credit card and pay. So that's it. To me, this is like an intermittent or like an intermediate step towards being able to just plug your bike in and have it charge in five minutes. There's a big problem with DC fast charging. And the big problem with DC fast charging is Tesla's charge up super fast, right? Tesla's can take a ton of fucking voltage coming at them, but they can take a ton of fucking voltage coming at them because they've got the internals they've got the hardware that can do it shrinking that down to a motorcycle size or a scooter size we've all seen guys that have live wires guys that have energicas they have problems getting the maximum amount of charging capacity into the bikes in the field if the charging system's not perfect and it's very common to hear guys that are like, oh, well, you know, I had pulled up to a charger figuring I was going to be there for 30 minutes. It took three hours because the charger was only putting out at six kilowatts instead of putting out at 12 or 18 or 24. Yep. Right. 
And then, I mean, I, I imagine that you did it also like in a uh, zero, they have like what, 20 cells per, uh, like in the FX or FX, FXS, each cell, there's like 20 cells in each one of those batteries. There's so, so yeah, uh, there's 20 cells. So, I mean, right. so technology could be, I mean, they can increase the number of cells so that each cell gets charged at the same time. So if you had 40 cells instead of 20 cells, right. You could charge it twice the rate. Well, I mean, and how about let's theoretically? Just, yeah, let's not ignore the fact that for the first time ever, Honda, Yamaha, Suzuki, KTM, Piaggio have all agreed. They've all agreed that we're going to use the same um, anatomy. We're all going to use the same anatomy of a thing, so that anybody who wants who wants to make that thing better. There's no difference. Gasoline went from being cars that get eight miles to the gallon to cars that get 60 miles per gallon on the same 87 octane chemical structure. So that's wonderful. So that, yeah, the battery technology can go up and go down and the casing is the same. Right. We've all so, agreed on the same operating system. Yeah, go ahead, Liza. So, Phil, assuming that you want to sign up to be a, a retailer, to, to be a swapping station at your shop, yeah. how much do you think you are going to be expected to invest in these in this, these batteries have to have? I have absolutely no idea. I really that, don't have any idea. And That, honestly, to me, is the, the question. I mean, obviously, you can't leave it up to gas stations and motorcycle shops to invest right. in all these batteries, which, by the way, who's it on the line? It needs to be all upside. Yeah, the thing about what do vending machines do when you own a shop? Vending machine guys come out to you and say, "Hey, we'll give you twenty five bucks a week to put these here," and you're like, "All right, whatever." So yeah, so who wh who's going to pay for the whole infrastructure, the initial investment? Right now, it's like right now in the world that we live in right now today, people who own electric vehicles. Right now, it's what charge point, right? So. Yeah. Those, you know, those types of things. And then there are privateers like BMW shops and Nissan shops and stuff like that who have paid to have their own EV chargers outside on the wall to draw people to them like a bug light. You know, when you need juice, you need juice. So, you know, if uh, if I had a restaurant that sold something, you know, that took 45 minutes to consume, I might want to have a charging station out there because it would pull in the Tesla owner. Right. Hey, hey. Hey, Liza, I, I have heard through a Wall Street Journal that there are a number of the uh, companies, the filling station companies that are, are looking into putting in the batteries and, and the recharge and the swap station. So the shells and the mobiles and the BPs of the world are seeing what's on the horizon and they know that their consumption or their ability to sell, you know, fuel is going to drop off and they've they're in the business of selling you know movable transportation so i think that's going to come along and there will be stations like a circle k or a bp hey, i don't think that's right i think phil had it right you need the, the where the batteries will be exchanged or sold where will be places where people have to linger like target walmart costco so, like, you know, you're going to Costco, you want to swap out your batteries you, or charge your battery, you can sit there and charge it while you're shopping or whatever. A good friend the, of mine. Yes, the swap outs will be at the gas station, Yep. but the recharge will be at exactly. places where you linger. You well, know, what? and that's that's what I was trying to say. So, yeah. I I may have misspoken, but no, I think you're, you're right, right, Chris. A good friend of mine is on the gas station for me. <laughs> 
And if I threw it up in the air, we'd call it sunshine. <laughs> uh, one of my friends has owned a gas station for many years. And what he'll tell you is in the past 20 years that he's owned the gas station, it ain't the gas, right? Right. It ain't, you, you, don't, you don't live on the gas. You live right. on the cigarettes. You live on the Slurpee machine. You live on the lottery tickets. You live on all the other stuff in the gas station. So you're absolutely right. Getting people to get in there to swap their batteries out. Just like there's a propane. Like, honestly, in our neighborhood here, you can't go to the gas station and not have a cage full of propane tanks outside. You know, so every, you know, every. I brought propane tonight. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think gas station guys would be pretty excited about it because I have a couple of buddies that own gas stations. And what we don't realize is they don't like when gas prices change. Yeah. Their initial cost, they still paid 10,000 bucks for the delivery of gas. Absolutely. So when it drops 48 cents and now they're, they're literally selling it for three cents less than they paid for it. Yep. Just to get rid of it, they're fucked. But with the electric stuff, I don't think, you know, that'll probably be a constant fee. It seems that, um, and this has been something that's ongoing with the EV market, you need to have enough of an infrastructure to make it easier to to charge, but to have that, to pay people invest in it, you need to have enough of a market. It's kind of like what comes first. It almost seems like you're going to have to get government funding to put this infrastructure in to help push along uh, the market. Who paid Draw the market. Most of our, yeah, who paid for most of our charging stations that are out there right now? Yeah. Volkswagen. Yeah. So well, I'm, most of those I'm going to speak to the elephant in the room. I mean, gas is going up. Right. Yeah. It's two. I bought gas at two seventy nine. Yeah. And yeah, by this summer, it's going to be three bucks or more. Gas is supposed to be going up. <laughs> our friends in Europe have been paying seven dollars a gallon for the past six years. Yeah. I'm just stating the obvious. It's yep. just. It's going to go up. It's Johnny, go up. I, I got one number for you. Yeah. 2035. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's what we'll be paying for gas. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the goal that's already been set, especially here in California. Right. By 2035, you will not be able to buy a, uh, a gas uh, vehicle. Right. So gas by the communists? <laughs> 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 Are you proud of that? I want a coal-powered vehicle so I can spew black shit everywhere. Look, in <laughs> California, in California, they haven't been able to buy real carb cleaner and real brake parts cleaner <laughs> no. for the past 20 fucking years. Right? Send me some PB blaster, damn it. <laughs> California's La La Land. No, it's not. Because if you're in Chicago, if you're anywhere near Chicago, you can't buy spray paint either. Okay. Yeah, well, that's Chirac. <laughs> the, point here, the point being that, that people will find a way to survive. Yeah. Like, you know. On federal it, subsidies. They're just right. tough. Yeah. Uh, Jenkum. <laughs> Trust me, there will still be somebody selling boat gas. Do you know why? Because millionaires and billionaires still have boats. And as long I'm going to start cooking up gas in my garage, man. <laughs> build a refinery. As long Out as the property, we're going to have a refinery there. And then it's and, way uh, easier to make diesel. I was going to say, yeah, it is. Yeah, the hemp seed. 
and Discovery yeah. Channel have a show about it. This is how we make the gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be all the bullshit shows about moonshiners, but it'll be people making fucking 87 octane. Yeah. No, it's hey, uh, we're 92 octane. <laughs> living here, living here, it's not. It's it's not that we're not that far off. 2035, no more uh, gas. New gas vehicles being sold is completely understandable, considering how many. Energicas and and zeros and Teslas and all you know all the Chevys like we see them everywhere, but I got to drive by the zero plant and the Tesla plant on my way to work tomorrow. You know, um, so it's not it's not unheard of. Yeah, well, see, I live in a city, Oberlin, that says they're going to have zero carbon use in like twenty years. Right, but well, we live in the north. East Ohio, right. where it gets, you know, the temperature goes down to 10 degrees. How do I heat my house without natural gas? There's we, no I way mean, it's going to happen. It's impossible. We're going to, I mean, we understand at the ice, here in the ice planet Hoth, we have learned <laughs> that we have no problem burning coal. We have no problem burning, you know, wood We have no problem. <laughs> Yeah, corn. I'll burn mummies if it keeps my house warm. That's exactly it. I mean, not like no kidding. We completely hear. We completely understand. It's just one of those things. It's like it gets crazy cold, and like the idea of the Texas situation when the Texas thing happened, we looked at the entire Texas situation. We were like, "Oh man, yeah, that's that." Just shows you those people aren't used to. But yes, those people are. It's not like it's never snowed in Dallas before. It snows in Dallas just about every fucking year. Damn those windmills. Yeah, so blame it all on the windmills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, um, but, but not kidding is like, yes, here where we are, there's no such thing as a, you know, a power plant that doesn't have a backup to the power plant, you know, and, and that's it, you know, and we all know that if the power goes out for us for 48 hours, yeah, we all have got ways to keep things going, you know, we have generators and I store 200 gallons of fuel. I made you Yeah. <laughs> or, or just honestly, it's every, it's everybody in Cleveland knows you just turn your oven on and open the door. Right. <laughs> and you turn your oven on and open the door and that'll heat the whole house up, you know, and just the original ventless gas heater. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going back to the conversation about the batteries, this news is actually a really big deal. And I think a lot of people don't realize that yet because um, Phil yourself as somebody who's still considered an early adopter to electric motorcycles. We've been tracking the whole, this whole thing, the growth It's slow, but I, we know that these batteries are going to be the next big leap to expanding the market. It's a big deal. It really is. I talk to people every day and the number one reason people have to not buy electric, mm -hmm. which, you know, people are like, oh, somebody I read thing that was like, oh, so they're going to ruin everything. The comments from this story were hilarious. And the guy was like, oh, well, you know, electric motorcycles and electric cars, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to, you know, we're not allowed to be able to eat a steak anymore. We're not going to have simulated beef and we're not going to be able to. Oh, that's real. <laughs> we're going to have simulated sex. And I was like, hold on. First, we already have that. First, I got a big lecture on how much water it takes to, to grow a, a steak. Yeah, we. So I'm like, we're gonna have steak for dinner. Yeah. You know that it takes two thousand gallons of water 
to raise a uh, per year to raise a cow. You shouldn't be. We. I don't know if we should be eating steak. And I will you know only that a, shower. A broccoli will, only takes you know twenty gallons of water per year. And I will only shower once a month, and I'll have as many steaks as I fucking want. So you know that's that's offset. That's carbon. I had to explain to her that that water goes through the cow. And back into the environment, and you really don't really notice it. If a cow kept two thousand water uh, gallons of water on board, he'd be huge. Yeah, it'd be the biggest, juiciest cow you could ever want. Cow weigh nineteen thousand pounds. <laughs> so, but anyway, I, d- I did want to. There's actually a real. There's a real thing in there the biggest reason people don't want to buy them is the downtime while they're charging the perceived downtime the idea of i'm going to go out and do my thing i'm going to go out and ride my bike for whatever distance it is i don't care um whether it's 100 miles on some bikes or 80 miles on other bikes or 200 miles on other bikes the idea is that they can't just at their fucking will pull into a gas station and go look at me blast i just pumped some i pumped some old you know fossil fuels into my gas tank and I went from a quarter to full or from half to full or from full to more full at my demand because I'm a completely give me my shit right now satisfaction instantaneous kind of guy so that's what pisses people off what pisses people off is they don't have the instant gratification of going from quarter to full like that and and I'm driving what, to work and I'm late that's okay that's I'm late I'm ready to run out of juice Poor planning. I need to be able to fill up in right. five seconds right. and get back on the road. Poor, so I'm not late to work. That's no self. That's no self responsibility. Poor planning. Why didn't you plug your car in last night? That's right. Poor planning prevents piss poor performance. So, so the real problem, though, is that anybody who is using the excuse that you can't fill up instantly right. is not really interested in buying an electric vehicle anyways. And if you fix that problem, they'd find a new problem. You're exactly right. So, I think they approach it the wrong way too about electric vehicles. Like, well, I mean, you know, I, I mean, I love my zero and I ride it to work and I have no problem with it. I I just love the thing, but I think they approach it as this is your vehicle. What they need to do is approach it to say, listen, this is a, this is one of your vehicles. You, this is your commuter. This is what you use most of the time. And you have your backup vehicle is a fossil fuel or a hybrid vehicle that uses batteries and electric. So you go some distance. If you have a reason to go distance, that's what you need it for. You really only need an electric vehicle for, for within a 60 mile radius. But if you have, but if you want to go on a trip or something, you do need something that, that is what? less. We skipped right over hybrid motorcycles. Yeah, but hold on. Watch watch the thing like Zipcar and all these other little things start popping up when the electric stuff comes out. Because yeah. if you live in a city and like you can commute around the city on your electric vehicle, the only time you're leaving, especially for your younger person without a family, the only time you're going somewhere is on a road trip. So right. instead of having a car, paying the insurance and all that, yeah, Zipcar is 300 bucks for two days or whatever. But fuck it, it's cheaper than the whole rest of the year. So there's right. days around it. There's- and the shoes on my argument... It could only if you have recharge if you have exchangeable batteries. I can whip into a, a exchange point, swap out the batteries in five seconds, and get to work on time. Exactly. Uh-huh. Well, and for me, somebody who really appreciates electric motorcycles, I've ridden a bunch of them. I don't own one because it's not right for me because of the type of riding I do. Right. Going out on a weekend and putting a couple hundred miles in. Right. I've ridden with friends on 
electric and it's a pain in the ass. Yes, it is. <laughs> so you got to stop and have a three hour lunch. Yep. That's right. Uh, so it doesn't fit my need. If you are a commuter, perfect. You're going to get every cent of value out of that bike. But now having the, the, the battery exchange right now, that makes it possible. The only other thing keeping me from buying uh, uh, an electric bike is I don't ride it enough to get the, it's going to depreciate faster. Right. Yep. So it'll depend on what the cost of it. Cause if you don't have these $2,400 batteries in there, that's right. Now, how much is the bike going to cost? Yep. Now that's a different ball game. I don't honestly have any problem with electric vehicles and everything like that. I think it's actually great. And if it's, certain needs and stuff like that. But I think for a long time, I think we're saying that we're just not going to make any gas powered vehicles for a long, you know, at a certain point is the problem because I think there'll be a parallel stream for many years to come yeah. that there'll be reasons why you'll need a gasoline powered or a, a fossil fuel powered vehicle or equipment <laughs> alongside in conjunction with electric. Johnny, what year is that car behind you? It's a 1988 Corvette. And it will yeah. always run on gasoline. That's the whole point. They're not going to sell new cars in 2035. Right. You're still going to have gas vehicles for another 40 years after that out on the roads. Yep. By yeah. that time, battery tech and everything else, mass transportation, everything is going to be changed. But here's, here's an idea, though. So I know it was because of winter and stuff, but look at Texas. So for what, five days, their whole power grid went down. Yes, they're kind of their own thing because of what they did. But if all like if if municipalities and everybody and all these people had electric you know vehicles and the whole power grid went down and everything went down what are you going to do at that point especially if it's for four or five six days you know we got solar is the government mandate right. it's okay if yeah. it makes sense don't tell me what to do and it's common sense and everybody will migrate towards that mm -hmm. but forcefully saying we're at a certain point we're going to say there's not going to be this that's a problem Nobody's the infrastructure can't handle it. Well, yeah. here's the other thing, because in the, in 25 years, all the old white guys are going to be dead. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not a racist, misogynistic comment. <laughs> all the ones holding on. You ain't gonna take this from me. I want to be dead. I'm not joking, but like the whole idea is. What about the old white women? They're not gonna yeah. be alive either. Just as bad. I work with them every day. Yeah. Now, here's my my <laughs> deal is that look. The reason I personally gravitated towards electric is there is nothing that performs yeah. like it, period, period. I have never ridden an internal combustion gasoline powered motorcycle ever that <laughs> fucking does what my electric bike does. And you would have to take a regular motorcycle and then spend $3,000 tuning it to make it be able to keep up with the shadow of the bike that I bought pulled in my driveway like a fucking idiot and literally can go fuck on, you know, go have fun on anytime I want. And honestly, I don't give two shits about touring on it because that's not what it's there for. All I want to do with the fucking thing is ride it like I stole it, have it not fucking kill me and then bring it home to my garage when I'm exhausted and plug it in. And while I'm becoming a better person, it's becoming fully recharged. Wait, the closest thing I thought. Cinch, go to Cinch, go to Cinch. 
So, John, you don't have to ever worry about your Corvette. Our our Twitch listeners, just let us know that 1988 Corvettes run on cocaine. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. They handle like they're on rails, too. (laughs) (laughs) No, and and, hey, look at Cuba. When was the last time they sold a new car there, right? That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And they have a cool car scene. Like if you see some yeah. of the documentaries and stuff, like those dudes rebuild everything. They're like, oh, you have a broken axle? I'll I'll fix. Like they fix everything, man. Yeah. And honestly, the last, I mean, look, I grew up with pre-war cars. So my whole family, everything that we did was pre-war cars. Do you know when the last time was you were able to buy leaded gas in this country? Mm-mm. Yet we figured, we figured it out. You still mm-hmm. can. It's yes, at the airport, but it's the problem is it's 104 fucking octane. It doesn't really run really good in a 1937 Chrysler. So yeah, a bit of a a fucking problem there. So what you got to do is you got to cut your av gas with diesel. No, no. What you do is we have additive. We have lead additive that we make to it. There will always be something for these older vehicles because there will always be a surplus of them and there will always be money to be made and supplying stuff for them. I poured lead, 20 pounds of lead shot in my well, gas tank. Works the, great. The other, the other thing, uh, I mean, you guys are, are mechanics, right? Right. I think you guys know we're nearing the end of the evolution of the combustion engine. Like yeah. they've squeaked about as much efficiency and power as they can out of it. Right. The electric is just the next step in performance. It's not like we're forcing people. It's this is the natural next step, I, as I see it. We haven't even gone to jet powered. What the fuck? <laughs> You're not even close. Where's my flying car? Because it's yeah, not even so got, inefficient. You yeah. haven't even gone to heated, compressed nat- uh, gasoline. Right. Yeah. There's so many other improvements that could be made that have been suppressed. And you don't, I mean, you don't need to. Really, I mean, not even joking. You really don't need to. The trick is, being able to do the job and make the job still fun because we all learned that in the late seventies, everybody went after, everybody went after high efficiency. Everybody went after high fuel economy. And what happened was the performance went to shit and the cars were awful and they were no fun to drive, but it was only a matter of a few years before um, people like Saab came up with turbos on little tiny cars that made fuel efficient cars fun to drive again. And the whole term hot hatch was invented and they found ways to play within the rules and create cars that were fun and exciting to drive again, even though the rules were, you know, horrible. And we had to go from eight miles per gallon to 35 miles per gallon. I want a gunpowder powered car. It's called a one stroke. What if yeah. uh, what if Porsche's thing? Um, they're they're gas that they're coming out with that they're claiming they can make just as uh, clean as EV vehicles. Do you think that that would change some of the projection of what's happening? Absolutely. Of well, course. I was talking about the Kawasaki supercharged two-stroke diesel. Right. I mean, that's going to be cool. These there are things that are out there. I mean, fuck, dude, you can't get much better than a hydrogen fuel cell, right? It's really hard to do better than a hydrogen fuel cell, but tell me a place I can charge it up. I want compressed hydrogen. Every, I want a hydrogen bomb under my fucking hood. <laughs> Every time I try to buy a van on any of these sources, anytime I try to buy a van or a shuttle bus or anything, and I get really excited because it's too cheap, that shit is all CNG. 
Okay. So these, there's these vehicles that are beautiful and they have low miles on them, but they were built for city and fleet use. So they only run on compressed natural, natural gas. That doesn't work with my lifestyle. So no. I can't go to a scooter rally or a motorcycle rally and stop halfway there and fill up with CNG. Well, I, think ahead, it's oh. I, I was going to say, I, now that I know how much Johnny Mac hates being told what to do, I, I can't wait to next these days. I have my next victim in my sights. I'm just going to tell him what to do all weekend. Fuck you. He's just gonna, Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you it's going to be so entertaining. Do you guys want to hear a joke? Work. <laughs> uh, Phil has a joke. You want to hear a joke? Yeah. Let's let's hear a joke. I love you, about, Liza. Did you hear about the lesbians who built a house? <laughs> no. The whole place was tongue and groove. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. And there wasn't a stud anywhere in sight. Wait, wait. It gets better. And and it went up lickety split. <laughs> That's I'm stealing right. that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, for my just what has, what has two thumbs and likes to lick pussy? This guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one for you. Oh, God. oh here we go. Can only go up from here. <laughs> a woman walks in. We bounce off the bottom. A woman walks into a pharmacy and asks the pharmacist for some arsenic. The pharmacist then asks what she needs it for, and she says, I want to poison my husband. The pharmacist says, ma'am, I can't give you arsenic for that reason. The woman then pulls out a photograph from her purse and hands it to him. It's a picture of two people having sex. The man in the photo was her husband, and the woman was the pharmacist's wife. <laughs> he then says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize she had a prescription. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks for the dad joke. Woo! That's dad Phil, dad. All right. So, Phil, what do you feel about? I mean, because most likely, like the Piaggio and Honda and KTM the distributors right. are going to get nicked on it. I mean, not saying that's a bad thing, but I mean, it's as part of their release program to the world of, of new motorcycles that you're eventually going to get. Right. You're going to get a bunch of batteries to be able to supply to your new customers. That's right. Either to rotate or just to have them just in case anything goes wrong. You yep. have to have spares. So how do you feel about having, I don't know, five or ten spare batteries with no bikes for customers that want to rotate them or, or have a plan for that? And you know what? When we, you know, when we were at the Isle of Man, we talked to the guys from Mugen, right? So you guys yeah, remember... Mugen. The Mugen guys were super cool. And we'd kind of looked at those motorcycles they had because those those Mugen motorcycles, those are Hondas. That's on Mugen is Honda. Mugen is, I love Mugen. Yeah, they're the fucking skunk works bastard child Badass. of, you know, Soshiro Honda. And the whole Mugen thing is they're complete like that's the Toyota Racing Division shit. And when we saw the guys that were doing their the electric program and those bikes have so much power and they can go 200 miles an hour and they can do the 37 mile circuit it's amazing and there's it's insane it really is insane but i was talking to them and they said the reason that honda hasn't entered the electric bike market it's not because of competition with anybody else 
it's because they're just hanging back. It's not that they don't think that they could build a better bike than Energica, right? It's not because they don't think they could build a better bike than Zero or Livewire or anybody else. We all know that Honda could build whatever the fuck Honda wants to build. And they'd put a Honda badge on it, not a Mugen badge. There are already Honda dirt bike prototypes and Honda street bike prototypes. There already is a patent for a Honda CB500X that's electric powered. So that's not a problem. What Honda said the real thing was is they wanted battery commonality. They wanted charging station commonality. They wanted to make sure that they didn't join the game on the beta team if VHS was going to win. Well, they didn't want to get sony That's right. That's exactly right. Because being on the wrong team has proven to be a major fucking problem in marketing of major high-end investments. So I think they're right. And I think that this coalition, this accord to agree on a standardized battery platform, keep in mind, the only thing that changes how much range your bike has is how many of these boxes you put in it. So how many boxes you put in it is how far the bike can go. And if you can charge your bike back up in literally 25 seconds or as long as it takes you to move these batteries in, then you don't need to go 300 miles. A Harley Sportster goes 105 miles. That's it. Now, sure, a maniac could put a 300-gallon gas tank on their Harley Sportster. Or the 2022 Harley Sportster goes zero miles because there won't be one. Because <laughs> there isn't one. But we all know. That's like a three-day trip. I have owned a whole lot of motorcycles that have a 110-mile range. You know, that's not uncommon. There's plenty of motorcycles that have a 110-mile range when you're hitting reserve. So you don't uh, need- yes. <laughs> As Dan and Steve found out in New York. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of wait, speaking 107 of fuel miles, thank you. <laughs> and you okay, still ran out of gas. A little bit. Speaking of fuel mileage and Kimco, a coworker of mine just bought a Kimco. <laughs> he did. <laughs> so Steve, you have one bike. So Ohio gets about. 129 good days to ride and you're pretty much at one bike a day for the year at this point. <laughs> you a co-worker of mine. <laughs> I love that bike. So, oh, it's awesome. Steve, Steve was very proud rolling out today on his limited edition Lichtenstein graphic uh, Spade. Or, uh, Kimco Spade, Spade 150. Uh, don't call it the neutered because it's been spayed. The, uh, uh, I'm going to go on record as saying I tried to talk him out of buying it. No, but he's trying to complete the trifecta. He wants all the racist bikes. Right? I, we went through he has an Africa a twin. whole litany. A monkey. Uh, I was like, why he don't you buy that, that Versys that Phil has for four grand? <laughs> I mean, for that kind of money, you could buy a Versys. Of course for you that could. that kind of money, you could buy a Buddy. For that kind of money, you could, you know, we went through the whole thing and everything, <laughs> but he very much wanted that bike. And then I actually came, I've come around a little bit because I actually took the time to watch some videos and do a little research on that bike and saw that, like, guys were getting 75 mile an hour out of that bike. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it does fill a space that, like, your Honda, your passport, your Simba, your other passport, and the other passport, and all the other small bikes that you have. You could buy one bike and get rid of seven small bikes. <laughs> so I am happy for Steve. Yeah. 
I'm glad that he made the purchase today. And and I look at it like he'll ride that and I, I can ride his monkey. Well, and we tried to buy a bike to replace Don't touch my monkey. But so shock the monkey. You could shock the monkey. The uh we tried to buy a replacement for his bike today and we can't. They're gone. So he got the last one. Oh, uh, seriously? Yes. Yeah, they're discontinued, I think, right? Yeah, they're done. Yeah. One of a kind. Yeah. Just like the rider. I don't know. I, I, the graphics are actually, I, I like the graphics. It's, and I like the Jer- whole, like, I mean, the guy was a contemporary with like Jerry Warhol, right? I mean, I'm sorry. Andy Warhol. Andy, <laughs> Andy Warhol. I'm sorry. The Andy Griffin. Yeah. I was saying Jerry Garcia. I don't know why it's not Jerry Garcia. I thought he said Geritol. <laughs> yeah, Geritol. He needs just so admit, sorry, but just admit that you could resist only the African twin, mm-hmm. the monkey, and the spade. No, there's another one too. What was the, the only other thing one? He doesn't have yet is a black people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and if no, he had dude. a black people, he'd be set. Right. The uh, that's all he's. That's the only one he doesn't have. The uh, I already got yelled at in I, <laughs> on East 140th for riding my Africa twin. <laughs> by some lady that thought I was being racist because what? your bike's really? called an Africa twin. Yeah, I pulled into like where you well you've go, gone to Euclid Beach Park. Before, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. So I I was going to Archie's, which sells a uh, hot bakery cakes. Yeah, and he was closed, so I pulled into uh, Euclid Beach where they sell the arch. Yeah, the arch. I pulled in there. I turned around. I was waiting yeah. for the light. Some lady comes out, starts screaming at me. That I'm racist and all this other stuff. I'm like, Africa twin. I said, this is an honor. This bike was like, this bike performed so well right. in the Paris Descartes race yeah. that they actually named a bike. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and it, it was a great performer, like any one of a great athlete. Sure. And she's just standing in front of me screaming at me. And I'm like, you can't, you can't fix dumb. Right. You know, you can't fix ignorance. So. There's always going to be somebody. Go ahead, Liza. Right. I know you have a lot of bikes. Do you have a Confederate or an Indian? No, but I should get one. <laughs> hey guys, here's a uh, here's a uh, an interesting uh, an interesting tip. Uh, would you like to know? Indian uh, Indian motorcycle companies has released a special edition Indian motorcycle. Uh, would you like to guess what it's a what it's commemorating? Oh no, Custer's last stand. Oh, no, <laughs> um, it is commemorating Indians' one hundred and I believe it's one hundred and twentieth anniversary. Is that what it is, Liza? It's their Could new. Be. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Yeah, so Indian has just launched their newest motorcycle. Um, it is commemorating their 120th anniversary. Now, that is so fucking far from the truth that that is insane. You mean the years in between that there was no I Indian? mean, the, right. 50 some, the 50 some odd that years. That they were a made in India? I mean, the 50 some years in between where they were owned by such illustrious things as a English scooter manufacturer when they made mopeds yeah. <laughs> are we killing the ones that were made out here in gilroy in gilroy that's exactly right the onion indian ones. onions <laughs> the uh the artichoke uh there are so many fucking different this whole story kills me about 
like celebrating 120 years of Indian is like just celebrating the association of the word Indian with a two-wheeled vehicle, I guess. Um, I can't believe the history of Indian. It is so impossible. It is like trying to figure out the British royal family tree. It is, it is crazy. And it's no branches. It's insane. (laughs) It is absolutely crazy. After 19, I believe it's 1959. So like after 1959, Indian just went crazy. I mean, the, or maybe I was, it was 53. Sorry, 53. So after 53, when, uh, you know, Ralph Rogers bought Indian, in 45 after the war, because remember Indian didn't get the military contract. So Indian didn't get the military contract. They didn't get what Harley Davidson got in the way of military money. So they were sucking wind. I don't think there are even any like 1944 or 45 Indian. No, because they went out of production for war. Yeah. They, they were building other things, you know, so they didn't get the motorcycle contract. Uh, you know, the the Indian 841 did not get picked up. So go figure uh, that whole thing. But it got so ugly. And I mean, we're talking about ugly after 1953. The people and I'm not going to read everything because you got Wikipedia. You can figure that shit out. But when you think about 1960 associated motorcycle companies, this is like legit UK group that was competing with Royal Enfield, right? It, prior to that, Indian was taking Enfields and putting their badges on Enfields. So if you can't compete with them, right? Because there were so many different versions of Indians that were sold in the United States. I'm sorry, Enfields that were sold in the United States as Indians. It was ridiculous. Um, so when you look at, then they were bought by a guy that said, fuck it, we're going to build everything except for the Enfield versions of it, which it was insane. The whole thing is crazy. Climber. Yes, that climber, the climber from the owner's manuals, the climber from the production house, fucking climber, Floyd climber owned Indian from 63 to 70, you know, uh, it, the owners of this group, my favorite is from 1977 to 1984. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. They purchased the trademark for $10,000. Who? The American Moped Associates. That's right. The American Moped Associates bought Indian for $10,000. And that's what they did is they started building fucking mopeds with the name they, Indian on them. The interesting part, though, is that my PC-50 has an engine that is exactly like an Indian engine. Well, that's because that's what they were using. So they were using mopeds using licensed motors from Honda because the PC-50 was discontinued by that point. And so they created this really horrible bike called the AMI-50 Chief. And yes, the name Chief that fucking name that's so important to Indian was on the side of a fucking moped. And I remember it because they sold them from 78 until 83 and they were just, dude, it was just garbage and it was horrible. And they're going to count those years. They're going to count those years as their history and saying that they're launching the 120th 
oh, come on, man, seriously, or the 130th, whatever. But, but I mean, it is kind of part of their history, though. I mean, you look at, like, anybody's family tree. I mean, say you start, you could say that, hey, I'm from, I mean, I'm from Lebanon. Yeah. But, I mean, my family's from Lebanon. Yeah. But there might have been bad times. Some of them went to jail. You know, some of them, you know, you know, were in the gutter. Some of them were successful. It's well, like you couldn't count that if the, you know, Johnson family over there just started calling themselves Hoffert for no fucking good reason. Well, that, yeah, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. So then the lineage is broken. Right. Go ahead, Liza. So if the lineage is... Oh, oh sorry. I was going to say, if it was something like Curtis, formerly Confederate, yeah. Curtis Motorcycle saying, hey, we've been around for 115 years. Right. No, it's not the same. The only reason I don't have an issue with Indian is because they they embrace and they celebrate the history and the uh, early Indians. And they, uh, I mean, even when you get into, you know, the, the clothing they're selling, they, the imagery that they have, they're celebrating the early Indians. Well, and even though... Room? They're it really wasn't around motorcycle. the whole time. Even though it wasn't around the whole time, they they embody that. That that's why I don't have issue with it. Yeah, but I I don't see anybody coming up real soon to have a uh, a tribute to the Alan Newman years of the you know cokehead attorney who owned Indian between 1970 and 1977, right? When he was taking those Atal jets. And he was taking Atal jets and sticking Indian badges all over those those things. You know, I know somebody who's Camaro for boat tail Harleys. Right. <laughs> but I think if you go into the history of anybody, yeah, uh, uh, Chrysler or Vespa or anything, you're going to find it's been passed around and and had different owners, right? Yeah. Well, in this case, though, I guess my problem is it wasn't that Indian. The factory was owned by different people. It was Indian, a name that was literally just printed on a piece of paper, right? It was just a trademark. Yeah. yeah. And that little trademark, that little piece of paper, it went to clothing companies mm -hmm. and it went to all kinds of different things. And the idea of that little piece of paper dancing around now is there to substantiate a 120 year history? I don't well know, man. Here's the thing. I don't think we're going to be talking about this in a couple of years, especially with all the cancel culture. <laughs> you, know, you got to know Indians on that list, right? <laughs> it's got to be coming. <laughs> well, first of all, it's all based it's like, on Dr. Seuss. Check. All right. What's yeah. next? Uh, Indian motorcycles. What? It's all based on a very wayward European uh, explorer who was completely wrong in his geography and his map reading skills that thought he was in India. Let's just let's just correct things. Can we just make uh, 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 Royal Enfields call those Indians? Can we just like <laughs> just swap everything around? <laughs> I think I think I think that I think that the the probably the best thing would be to just be like, oh well, it's a it's an Indian tribute, you know, and <laughs> yeah. to to be that way is better than saying, oh look, we bought this we bought this trademark a week and a half ago. And now we've been in business for 130 years. And that's really what's bullshit. What's bullshit is saying we bought this trademark and now we're now we have 120 years of history. You know, do you think? Dude. I mean, clearly Royal Enfield is the oldest motorcycle company because they've been actually been building Royal Enfield. They, you're right. They have consistently been building Royal Enfields, and that's only because honestly the British fucked off and abandoned a factory in India. 
And so the Indians were just like, well, we're not going to change anything. We already have all the signage in place. Indian people are going to get the maximum mileage they can out of anything they pay for. So I really think the only reason the Royal Enfield Company didn't get renamed something else was because the the stationery was already printed. You know, <laughs> the signs were already on the outside of the factory. The British just left, you know. So, yeah, yeah but you have to like what Polaris did with it. Oh, with Indian? Yeah, I'm just saying you have yeah. to you have to really like oh as from Liza's from Liza's uh point of view. Yeah. I think they actually brought back the brand. I mean, they brought back the brand. I mean, it might be there might not be continuous uh uh build, like quality builds, but they're actually bringing it back the way that it would have progressed had Indian stayed in business. I mean, I think they, they're, they're like the essence of it. The essence of the company is being fulfilled by Polaris. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in that respect, they, they, they're, it's not a joke anymore. Indian's not a joke anymore. It's a, it's right. a, a force. They, they've respected the history. Right. Right. And the, and the, I, whole, I agree. And the whole thing, like after the Gilroy years, after Gilroy came the Stelican years where they were built in North Carolina. And that was the same thing. It was like, okay, they were taking an SNS crate motor and they were putting it into a frame and they were building a whole Indian around it. And, you know, that was a British company. That's a, a British company that was doing business in North America selling. I mean, when they named the Indian, do you think it was ever supposed to be like a parody or, or some, or an insult to American Indians? No. I mean, I, I feel like from the beginning, they named it the Indian because they were proud of the heritage yeah. and they were calling this bike the Indian. You know, it wasn't ever meant to be disparaging. Oh, just like Pontiac, you know, same thing. I'd like to insert a little trivia here. Yeah. The designer for the Gilroy Indians previous project had been the BMW GS Adventure. Oh, that's wow. right. Yeah. I learned that on your podcast. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's uh, that that's very I mean, that's very very relevant to this conversation. That's that's very cool. I mean, Harleys were made by a company that that built bowling alleys. Well, they were bought. <laughs> I mean, bought by a company that made bowling alleys. I mean, so, realistically, I mean, Harley Davidson since was an AMF. Since was an AMF. Yeah, Harley Davidson was in very very bad shape, and the point where the only people that saw fit to purchase them was a company that made sporting goods. You know. So that's a that's an but, interesting, you know. But look at the trajectory of Harley Davidson versus the trajectory of Indian now. I mean, mm -hmm. Indians like this, Harley Davidson is at least flat. At best, it's flat. It's a very weird so, time right now for people who are Harley Davidson devotees. You know, they have to embrace the twelve hundred and fifty cc motor, which is you know not air cooled um, and not push rod. And is high tech and is amazing. I mean, well, I'm sorry. It's high tech and amazing by Harley Davidson standards. So, you know, the motor that's in the Panamera or Panamerica by Ducati standards, it's a piece of shit. But by Harley Davidson standards, it's the second coming of Christ. Now, the last time this happened was with the V-Rod and that didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah, but they had a good they had a good engine with the V-Rod. So. It still didn't go so well. Yeah, but look at this sexy bitch that should be back. Look at this thing. Look at it. Who doesn't want that? Oh, oh man. I'm at, the, I'm at the top of the list of people who do not want a boat tail Harley. I'm into it, man. No. I, want that, I want that bike to go back to being a sportster the way it's supposed to be. 
you know, I, I honestly, those boat tails, I grew up during that era and that shit was ugly. Then <laughs> I, my, all of my relatives had those boat tails just stacked up in the back of the garage. They were, you know, you couldn't get the dog to play with that boat tail. That was a garbage looking motorcycle. And they, the, the night train, red, white, and blue thing, like as much as people were like, Oh, it was great. No, everybody that bought one of those, they couldn't sell those things. They were left over at the dealership and they took the back end off and changed the back end to a regular fender to get people to buy it. Yeah. The only thing I liked about that AMF that you posted, Cinch, was the color. I really <laughs> like that green. I like the boat tail, man. You like the boat tail? I don't yeah. know why. You know why? Because it kind of looks like a, a triumph in the front. The, the like a Hayabusa. <laughs> and a Hayabusa <laughs> in the back. Right. It, come on, face it. It is the mullet of motorcycles. It is no, the it mullet is. of motorcycles. The aerodynamics are Absolutely. incredible. But I think if you pull up somewhere like that, nobody else is going to have, have no credit. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to want one. <laughs> really? Because you can't find them. I can't find one anywhere. You're, you're going to be one of one. You don't really want to admit that you've been looking for them. <laughs> There's going to be a line of old guys standing there to talk to you. Oh, what? That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's not where I want to be, man. That is not where I want to be. <laughs> Yeah, give me something way better. I need something way more interesting than that. Says the guy with like weird tiny little cars, and he's like, "Look at that! It looks like a snail is humping a turtle. I gotta have it." Every time I drive these cars, people are like, "Because everything I drive, you know, people are like, what year is that?'" And I'm always like, "It's 1958." <laughs> even though it's a 93 or a 94 or whatever, but they have no idea. And because they asked, I figure I'm just going to give them what they want to hear. Right. So be like, fuck it. It's a 1958. Wow. Where was that made? France. They only made three of them. Well, what's it called? It's, ca it's called a fuck you. <laughs> but there's a, there's an accent on the end. You got to fuck you. Yeah. But I never tell the truth ever with any of those cars. Right. Because like, if I tell them it's a 94 Nissan, they're like, no, it's not. I know what a 94 Nissan is. No. <laughs> yeah, sure you do. It's a Sentra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have no idea. If they knew, they'd walk up and they'd be like, dude, that's a Figaro. That's awesome. And then they'd be like, okay, that's a Figaro. It's awesome. Oh, that's a nice car. Go. That's awesome. But if they have no fucking clue, why should I possibly get myself into a conversation I can't get out of? So, as long as they're not station. trying to tell you what to do. Are you still going to have the hearse this summer? Have the hearse, yeah. Can I sleep in that? Of course you can. Absolutely. <laughs> That'll definitely keep people away from me. We can, I can tell you the name of the people who fucked in it. Oh. <laughs> well, at least the one. <laughs> I, don't know you, I don't know how many yeah. people fucked in, in Japan. I'm sure a lot because Japanese people are funny. But, the, uh, but I know in America, I know the names of the people who fucked it in this country. And he yeah. can show you the stain so you know whose stain is where. It's perfect. Don't have a black leg with you. No. 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 That thing is <laughs> so, the inside of that thing is so sanitary. There's no way you could hide anything. There's just no way you could hide anything inside that thing. 
Yeah. Nick, don't go in that hearse. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> if he gets in there, he's not going to know he's in there. <laughs> I, I, love the idea. I just love the idea of going to Mid-Ohio with a wagon train of stupid vehicles. Yeah. And that'll put solution in the hearse. <laughs> um, the idea of having the portable stunt show where we're like, we just have like one of our trailers and we have ramps going up to the trailer for the mini bikes. Yeah. <laughs> Just get I fuck the Hirsch. I fuck it real hard. <laughs> John comes out with soot on his wiener. You don't know where he's been. You <laughs> guys always take it to a really weird place, man. Yeah, really weird place. What? It just yes. all depends on what you what you tell me to do. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do it. That's fine. Well, you know what? I did think we were missing. You know, at a lot of the rallies we go to, we take our BB guns. We take the BB guns and we'll set up, you know, beer cans hanging from strings and stuff. And we'll 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 set a shooting gallery up. And I'm honestly surprised we didn't do BB guns at the vintage days, because if we're camped along the road, we can just, you know, set up our, our target range right there. And then we got the tent. We can just sit in the tent and shoot all day long. I have a BB gun. It's way this. too tempting just to be shooting them up in the air in the campground. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> this is way too tempting. It would be kind of sweet to take it to like 10 pumps and the guy that you don't like his gas tank slightly leaking now. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> well, I mean, our rule as children, our rule was we had a one pump rule. So you could shoot your buddy, but you could only shoot your buddy with one pump. So the, uh, it's I got my buddy in the earlobe and it looked like he had a little Copper earring. <laughs> we had to pop it out. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Has anybody got anything else that's fun or interesting? I got one tiny thing about that. My neighbor, we were playing the same thing, BB gun wars, but I might have gone to two or three pumps mm. and I hit him and we couldn't get it out. His mom never found it. Two years later, it came out his foot. Like no moved down from his ass and went down his body. Wow. He had, a, he had the <laughs> sore and it came out of his yeah. foot. It was crazy. Floated around his bloodstream, went through his heart. <laughs> oh no! So he literally walked it off. Yeah, <laughs> he walked it off. <laughs> my brothers used to make me wear my parka. And then they'd shoot me as I walked back and forth like a carnival duck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a little this little notch in my hand. Explains a lot. We can still do that. <laughs> <laughs> did you pivot I think that every time? Hilarious. Wait, did you pivot every time you got hit? So you were like, ping. I think we just put somebody in a parka and a full face helmet and just shoot BBs at them all night long. Well, if I didn't walk back and forth, they'd shoot me in the leg. So if I if I walk back and forth, they'd hit me in the park and it wouldn't hurt so bad. So would anybody <laughs> like to have an update from Rand before we go? Yeah. yeah. That's Hell a good yeah. ending. That's a good ending. Yeah. Okay. I thought you guys would appreciate that. I want negative feedback too. Okay. So this is from Rand. Good morning, Phil. Getting ready to go to work and I wanted to check in. Also, I have a couple of requests. I sold the trusty R1200 GS on my last off-road trip. I fell over way too many times and I never want to pick that heavy fucking bike up again. So I sold it on Craigslist and I bought a DRZ 400 S. Nice. <laughs> yes. I took all of your best advice of not buying a carbureted bike and I tucked it out the window and I bought a carbureted bike. <laughs> <laughs> 
Fortunately, I live near two spots that have ethanol-free gas, so I plan to run that as often as possible and definitely during storage. I'm super excited to watch the pit bike build off in races. Sleepy, I'm counting on you for quality coverage. Well, I was well, there you working, go. Though, yeah. I listen to every episode, but I've been dialing back my drinking, so I'm not as chatty. Sorry. <laughs> it seems during my last drunken Cleveland Moto late night booty call, I was feeling amorous and upped my Patreon amount. Now I'm a responsible man, so if I get drunk and give you a little love, I'll owe it up to my res- I'll owe it up to my responsibilities. But if I knocked you guys up, our love child needs to have my name, which brings me to my request: a new level of Patreon subscriber, the late night lover. <laughs> late night lover That's will be good. the twenty dollar the $20 Patreon account amount. The benefit is you get to name one of the pit bikes. My choice would be John's bike. We'll name it Little Rand. <laughs> Little Rand. I like On that it. note, I would like to request Cinch, can you make the blue balls graphics kit for Steve's bike? Nice. His blue bike. <laughs> It would be full blue balls. Blue balls. <laughs> also, I need some quality stickers for my DRZ. It's got the clean gray plastic all over it, and that needs to change. I need a Cleveland Moto for one side and ride fast and tank chances on the other if you can make them. Uh, John, I'm hoping you build that pit bikes with some special sauce and ride Little Rand to glory. Don't worry. <laughs> that didn't happen. I would yeah. love to ride Big Rand to glory. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get to gotta gotta get to work. Keep up the great shows. Almost forgot. Really loving the Moto stories. Thanks, guys. He includes pictures of his his DRZ and pictures of him in the snow riding his DRZ in the snow. Oh, good yeah. job, Rand. Yeah, yeah. So good job, Rand. Um, well, I'll, I'll put the pictures of Rand in his DRZ in the snow up on our uh, up our Facebook page. Because uh, the dude, the dude looks completely happy to be rocking his brand new DRZ nice. uh, 400s in the oh, fucking yeah. snow. Nice, yeah. cool. I'd like to make a comment about the bike build off and the winner, <laughs> um, Steve. I never figured you would win because <laughs> I knew you'd be doing all the sound and everything like that. And you, you, I figured like you'd be halfway between building your bike and doing the sound and everything. And the fact that you put the whole thing together, you put us out there on YouTube and Twitch, and then manage to still pull off the bike build and win it is just a fucking amazing. Well, Good no, so, but here's the thing. We'll big hand, yeah, big big hand for Cinch. But back it down a little bit because He's I He's not such a dickhead. I actually I actually asked Phil, I was like, Do you really want me to do it? Because like, you know, if we were gonna cover it, whatever. But actually, Phil's the one that thought of the whole, like, using all the individual phones and everything. So that worked out. And that was all, like, I mean, 99.7% of that was all Captain Phil over there. So I, I'm not taking credit for that. That was him. All right. Fuck you. Phil, good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, you really did an excellent show. So, in so where's your bike, Phil? On Liza's podcast, when, they have, when they're ready, they put their hand up. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I just wanted to add, if you don't mind, uh, if you don't know, on uh, my show, we are currently holding an Evil Knievel poem contest to win some Evil Knievel toys. Yep. And somebody sent in a limerick I thought you guys might enjoy. No. And I'm reading this as written. Uh, it says, there once was a man named Evil. His ways were a tad primeval. He once jumped a bike. Liza's a dyke, and when he passed, the world was in upheaval. <laughs> <laughs> there's some I have, I have a limerick for you. There. 
I think he was. A, that's a bit of a. He was trying to stretch, but I was like, yeah. all right, all right. There once was a man from Nantucket. His dick was so long he could suck it. He said with a grin as he wiped off his chin, "If my ear was a cunt, I'd fuck it." <laughs> oh, all right, be one of this. Um, <laughs> I will. I will give you guys the hardest, the the most difficult limerick I know. I'm not. I'm not fucking around. This one is really hard, so pay attention, and then you'll see if you can say it after I've said it. There once was a girl named Swoboda who built a new kind of pagoda. The walls of its halls were strung with the balls and the tools of the fools who bestrode her. Nope. <laughs> no. no. It's a hard one. That's a tough one. Yeah. No. Bang, bang, Liza. Liza bangs all day. Who we going to bang on when Liza goes away? <laughs> Liza went to the baseball game. She sat up in the front. When the batter hit the ball, the ball went up her bang bang like that. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I could keep going, but let's we could just do stop right there. Right. <laughs> hey, before we leave, I do want to drop a thing. So the last series of motor stories and the two or three that are coming up. Yeah, uh, John and Phil did them, and so all you guys that have asked questions and sent things in about carburetors or valves, right? They are covered and they did a really good job of it. So if you have any questions about basically the beginnings, I mean, they didn't, they are not taking them apart and telling you how to actually fix them, but they're going over all the parts and doing that. And it was, it's really good. It's getting a lot of good responses, but it's really good information. So if you have some questions about carbs or bells or anything, check out Motor Stories. And we do want to give a shout out to Liza and Emma. So our Liza and Emma have been doing technical. So they've been doing these amazing these are in-depth like deep dives into motorcycle maintenance and covering in a long story format with liza and emma and these videos that they've got going on youtube if you don't learn something from these videos you are dead to me we can't work <laughs> together um, they're they're set up because liza and emma have a chemistry and they play off of each other incredibly well. And their videos, too, um, are those the misfits? The misfits, exactly. yes. Exactly, the misfits. I want to give, I mean, the credit goes to her. I have no idea what we're talking about usually. And <laughs> and if you go back and watch, there's one episode I actually left. Yeah, I saw. <laughs> No one knows I was gone. Because <laughs> she just kept talking. I'm like, I don't need to be here. Uh, it's, but it's, and it is great. And that's yeah. the kind of stuff that we talk about. Our friends, uh, Robot from uh, Scooter West mm -hmm. Motorsport. Robot is another one that we, uh, we are lucky to have people in our lives that are this good at this stuff where they can keep it engaging and make it stupid and make it fun and make you want to watch it because a robot's done hundreds of these videos. He tells you shit. He shouldn't tell anybody. He tells People who are not smart enough to turn off their computer, how to rebuild a motor, right? Like he gives dangerous information to people who have no qualifications <laughs> and we love him for it. I mean, it's great. We There's almost nobody that I would go to yeah. for advice on, on how to work on a motorcycle, except Emma. I mean, like I know that she knows her shit and there's definitely shit that she knows that I have. I have no idea. Uh, I pick up something every single day. And you time. too, Liza. <laughs> oh, I'm just there to look good. That's all. Well, <laughs> and you're, you're killing it. You're smart. You're killing it. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys for having me on too. I thought I it would be fun because I knew that, you know, I know how much you love Mid-Ohio. 
I mean, I know that you're one of our posse when it comes to the mid-Ohio shenanigans. And, you know, I do not. I mean, I take it seriously. I do not mess around. I'm not drinking. And I'm like first up and last one to bed. I am finding every corner in that place, meeting every person, experiencing everything. I love everything it has to offer. Yeah. No, you're not. Bill and I are the first up and definitely the last ones to go to bed. Well, hell no. I'm the first one up because I'm up at three o'clock in the morning when you guys are not even going to bed yet. He's over there working <laughs> out of habit. <laughs> Can I just say that it was nice to have somebody without facial hair on? <laughs> no, I can't wait to be in your presence again, Liza, because I really do enjoy just the conversations we have. So I had I had switchblade beard combs for everybody. I forgot to give you guys. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn, that's you all. Say, I think say hi to Knock for me too, please. I will. Yeah, I love Naked Jim. Yeah, fuck Knock, fuck Naked Jim. Love fuck all you guys. I mean, all. I mean, obviously that that whole crew that we that we love, we love because of Mid Ohio. Uh, having Henry, you know, ride his bike out and be part of our camp was just like one of the greatest things. I mean, it's, it's super cool to have those people as part of our family now. And I can't wait for you to smack me in the ass and tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, note, ride fast and take chances. (laughs) Uh, 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 uh,